0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful.
2: Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at
3: WickDonald's!
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started.
4: Hey Upper East Siders and welcome back to the Lonely Boys after, uh, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've uh, done a, a proper episode recap, but we are back here. My name is Matt. I am one of your Lonely Boys and I'm here to recap season two, episode one, the season two premiere titled Summer Kind of Wonderful, but I am not here alone, of course. And uh, I actually have to come clean. I, I haven't been honest with all of you. Um, My, my co-host is British and a lord. So please welcome, back to the podcast, Lord Brendan Ruppel. God damn it.
2: Hello. I'm, of course, creeping creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream.
4: <laughs> I was really excited to force you into doing a terrible British accent. I
2: did, little to Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the crematorium.
4: Wow, that was really good.
2: Yeah, I didn't know how that would go.
4: Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that was really good. I'm just really shocked that you've been able to keep up the American accent for a whole season of this show.
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't want to make our American listeners uh, feel too uncomfortable. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and you know what? I, I feel like some people might just... It might just be unsettling to some people if they hear you with the British accent, so I will give you permission to just go back to uh, speaking in your American accent, but just keep in mind, he is British and he is a lord, much like the the new friend we've made in Gossip Girl this week. Um, it It's, uh, you know, since... All of this uh, this show is over and done with, Gossip Girl, and it's all on HBO Max. We don't have to wait in between seasons; we can just uh, go right ahead. But we we really decided to wait. It's been a while since we've recorded anything, and even longer since we have uh, recapped an episode. So, Brendan, how have you uh have you dealt with not getting to see where this uh, story's been unfolding for the past few weeks?
2: You know, it's it's been tough, of course. You know, I I really like the show. I like the way the last season ended, of course, and it, it's just been tough in general not to be able to move on to the next episode. As soon as it finishes on a huge cliffhanger, that's just the way the show's been going. So,
4: yeah, I know it must be tough, but uh, you know, hold that thought. So, because we, of course, have another iconic guest to start off season two, and you know what, this is an important one because it is our actually our first male guest of this show. Uh, So, welcome to the podcast, Charles Kurz. Charles, how honored are you to be the first uh, male guest?
0: Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for there to be very limited amounts for this show for numerous reasons, and it's an absolute honor to be the first one. Um, You know, I'm an absolute stan of Gossip Girl. Uh, Watching this episode is inevitably going to force me into a full rewatch, probably over the next (laughs) few weeks, which uh, I'm both upset about and excited for, and I couldn't be more excited to talk about the episode with you guys.
4: Yes, you've I, I haven't heard you on a lot of podcasts but the ones that you are on are great I remember your episode of, of the choir room was one of my favorites and I'm just very very excited to talk to you I feel like it's been a while since I've talked to you in general so uh let, let's just what I, I know you just said you're a big gossip girl stan what's your uh gossip girl story did you watch when it was when it first premiered or did you binge it all when it was over how many times have you watched it you know stuff like that
0: yeah um so, I was, as you know, originally a massive, massive fan of the OC. Uh, and of course. It was my favorite show of all time. And I picked that up, uh, I guess, somehow in season three, live. Um, so, watched that through the obviously went back, otherwise, I wouldn't have kept watching. Um, and, and then, <laughs> you know, watched live with my whole family season three and season four. Um, and then, when that ended, you know, it obviously left a, a pretty large Josh Schwartz side hole, size hole in my heart. Uh, and when Gossip Girl. Um you know when Gossip Girl popped into reality, uh, I jumped on it pretty immediately. I think I started watching like after episode four uh there's a lot of buzz um in my neck of the woods when the show came out um which I'm sure we'll get we'll get into throughout okay. this episode um. But, uh, so you're one of
4: the you're one of the true fans that actually watched this when it was when it was on. I don't know yeah. a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people uh, binged it because it was on Netflix for a while. A lot of people binged it on Netflix when it was made available. Um, have you done any uh, rewatches of the entire series since it yeah, aired?
0: I've done three in the last three or four years, uh, start to finish. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I haven't made it all the way through on each. I think one of them I did a full watch. Um, I like it I, I, and usually I get I kind of pick pick a starting off spot based on if a friend is watching from there or, or or whatever and then watch you know a couple seasons and then kind of fall off but uh, I did one complete watch from start to finish and it was, it was pretty illuminating based on the fact that I hadn't seen the show <laughs> since I was in, in high school
4: did you uh, have you watched the reboot at all
0: I have not okay. I have not seen it um, i not
4: yet. Not, not doesn't capture the same magic. Not as good, but it is getting better. So, um, you know, how many on episodes that are they through now? Uh, twelve episodes so far. There's been one season, and it is renewed yeah. for a second season. So, but uh, all of the episodes, they're the viewership
0: like, viewership is pretty high. I've seen a lot of people yeah. talking and tweeting about it. Yeah. So.
4: But they're like, they're like full hour long episodes. Like Gossip Girl is like forty two minutes or, or so. Like the Gossip Girl reboot, they're like full fifty nine minute episodes. So no it, uh, it takes a while. Yeah. Um, can you believe?
2: I don't know we're not talking about this yet, but I, I just have to flag up that. This episode in particular is just not, like, it's not, 2PG13 it's is just not, it's not sexual enough.
4: <laughs> yes, of course. And as, as I flagged up multiple times, the reboot, plenty of, plenty of sex, plenty.
0: Especially this, especially
4: this episode has, is, is, is not <laughs> Oh, yeah, enough. this episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it, you're you're one of the biggest OC fans that I know. Can you believe that Brendan has, not only has he never watched Gossip Girl until now, but he never watched the OC either. And uh, much like me, it, t- it took me a while to watch the OC. You and Scally were uh, yeah, telling me for lot, years I need pest- to watch it. A
0: lot of texting and pestering yeah. of you. To and watch. then I, and honestly, I finally... Our journey, yeah, our journey together to the OC was, you know, something that yes, definitely brought pleasure I, in a lot of ways and just <laughs> an absolute pleasure. So I texted you all of my to thoughts. Brendan, to Brendan watching too.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch the OC too. I mean... I, I just have a weird feeling that I will end up liking the OC a little bit more. I don't know if it seems like more adult in a weird way or like it just seems more serious. I, I can't tell exactly what it is about it, but I feel like I'll yeah. enjoy that All more. Right.
0: It really depends no, yeah. on which, you know, what, what is your, the most enjoyable uh, enjoyable part of gospel for you? Is it, you know, is it the drama? Is it the characters? Uh, you know, I would say the OC is much better written. You're, you have much more relatable, realistic characters that you stick with. For a long time, and the Gossip Girl
2: is. Yeah, I mean, in the parts where it's too dramatic, I, I roll my eyes at, at a yeah, little exactly. bit sometimes. Exactly.
0: Really right, problem, yeah. Gossip Girl, and then, which is also incredibly entertaining and fun to watch. Just a completely different
4: kind of show. So back to back to uh, Gossip Girl, Charles. Do you? Uh, I'm sure you do have favorite and least favorite characters, but who, but who are they? Tell tell the world who your favorite and least favorite Gossip Girl characters are.
0: Um, I would say favorite is probably Dorota.
4: Okay, uh, yes, another Dorota, another Dorota stand. See, Brendan still does not get the Dorota hype one season in. This is
2: incredible. It's so everybody that comes on.
4: But yeah. every every guest that we have on, like to, no, like, to they don't always say that Dorota is their favorite character, but at some point they will say that they love Dorota.
0: Is a Dorota yeah, stand.
4: Love, everyone I, loves Dorota. I
0: mean, how can you not? I'll, I'll, I know this is a spoiler for your podcast. I'll leave it at that, but how can you not?
2: <laughs> so, Charles, have you, have you watched up uh, to this episode or are you starting here and moving on?
0: I'm starting from here and then going to watch... inevitably a bunch of episodes
2: okay yeah because at this point in the show she has just has not had much of a role at all she's just kind of shown up here and there in the background that's all we've really gotten from her so far
0: yeah that makes sense that makes sense i I remember it's much more in the later seasons where she really where she really pops but uh yeah i mean it's just you know what i will say without you know it's not a spoiler at all i think that it's none of the main characters are incredibly likable which is what what makes it really interesting and entertaining it's kind of like succession in that way um so it's hard to pick one of those um but and that's why you kind of always look at side characters and who is the most likeable side character for me and it, and then that's why I go through I
4: love it. And uh who is your who's your least favorite character?
0: Um uh I'll go I go I don't know, just a cop out like Jack Bath. <laughs> oh,
4: we have we haven't even met him yet, so you're uh that i mean a very good a very good uh a very good answer that guy is uh not the best so brendan something to look forward to maybe a, a new uh, yeah a new uh, a new character oh it sounds like it could be a new yeah. favorite of mine <laughs> yeah, it'll Love end to be brendan's family. favorite character <laughs> right, let
0: me ask brendan you this, Fred, who are your who's your favorite least favorite so far through one season one episode
2: i mean at first i was i was uh swooned by serena and i just i couldn't i, I couldn't think of a world where she wasn't my favorite character and then pretty quickly i like got the halfway point of the season um Blair just like took over with event. She just absolutely annihilated every episode. And I, she's by far my favorite <laughs> now. Um, we
4: knew, we knew it would as far happen. As as my favorite,
2: I'd say yeah. probably Vanessa. Cause she just is every time she's on screen, it just makes me and Gagan upset.
4: Yeah. You're giving her the LVP every week.
2: Yes. As yeah, as she so. deserves.
4: Um. All right. So let's let's get into this big premiere of Gossip Girl. Uh, Charles, when I asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast, you did say, "Uh, give me the season two premiere." Is there any any special reason you wanted it? Do the did the Hamptons just speak to you?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I just think it's a pretty funny episode for a lot of reasons, and and, and a couple episodes. Uh, you know, for, for for these same reasons. But I also, you know, definitely have some personal affinity to to the storyline. Um, you know, did, did grow up in New York and, you know, going out to the Hamptons on a regular basis. So uh, from that perspective, uh, you know, it does definitely call to me. Um, so I think a lot to, to break down there.
4: All right. So as we said, as the summer draws to a close in the Hamptons, Serena and Nate have everyone fooled into thinking they are a couple to cover up the fact that Nate has been hooking up with an older woman. Blair returns from an ab- a- from abroad with a hot guy on her arm, making a very jealous Chuck question his decision to leave ba- Blair stranded at the heliport. Dan has spent the summer assisting a famous author and clearly still has one certain girl on his mind, which results in him going after her. And finally, while interning for Eleanor Waldorf's company, Jenny sneaks a coveted invite to the Hamptons' white party at which Eric introduced her to socialite Tinsley morning. So that is the uh, brief synopsis of the episode. Uh, the Like I said, the episode is called Summer Kind of Wonderful. Brendan, start off season two the right way. Do you know what the reference is?
2: Um, I, I want to say it's got to be... like it, I, I know a song called like, some, some Kind of Wonderful, or maybe that's just the lyrics, but...
4: Well, um, so... I don't know what to do with this because it is is—it is based on something called Some Kind of Wonderful, but it, it is not a song called Some Kind of Wonderful.
2: You know, I've got to stop letting you into my my thought process here because yeah, I, okay. I should have just said Some Kind of Wonderful and left it at that.
4: <laughs> you, really, you really should. You give too much information.
0: I sense you're not a big John Hughes fan.
4: Charles yeah. clearly does get the reference. This is one of the John Hughes 80s, you know, teen movies that I have not seen. So, um, I have heard the the title, but I have not seen the movie. Um, Brendan, I'm feeling generous to start off season two. So I'll, I'll say that you got that one. So you are with a very <laughs> heavily asterisked one for one to start off season two. Um, uh, so this. I mean,
0: he was technically right. There is a song called that. Yeah, so. Trails is on my
2: side. So I'll,
4: yeah. I'll, right. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, fine. The, the, the judge and jury have decided that we can count it for you. The original air date of this episode, all the way back September first, two thousand eight. Um, I think we were we were getting ready for for ninth grade at this point, Brendan, and I think you too, Charles. Oh, without a doubt, my ugly. We year. were all getting ready for ninth grade as this summer, as the summer was, uh, as this episode yeah. was starting at the end of summer here. So,
0: what was the what was the air date again? Say, September
4: first, two
0: thousand eight. Right. So it lined up exactly with summer ending. Uh, which, which, yeah. Yeah, you in the, pretty much, yeah. The, the mindset it makes
4: sense. And I and I can speak to Brendan. I think uh, definitely top three ugliest year for you. Probably <laughs> yes, number, probably one. Yeah, number I think, one. I think you were onto something.
2: What, what about for you guys?
0: Oh, no, no, no. It number one for me, actually. And <laughs> uh, then I think back to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
4: for me, as far as ugly, I think um, every time I look at a picture of me from the past, um, you know, more than a few years ago, I think it's pretty ugly. So I think I was just... I, I don't know when I... Uh, reverse peaked whatever <laughs> um and just started getting troughed when you trough. <laughs> yeah i don't know when i troffed and started getting more attractive but i don't think it happened in high school in, in ninth grade i was still rocking that really absurdly long hair so that was probably unsettling for a lot of people um
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I i you had
2: a uh, long hair for most of the time that i knew you growing up
4: i very long time yeah until uh pete and nick famously offered to buy me breakfast lunch and dinner every day for a week if I got a buzz cut and then I never looked back. Wow,
2: I, I, is that that's how it started. Uh, that,
4: that was the genesis. They said, "Oh, what, what would you look like with a buzz cut?" And I was like, "I don't know. We don't need to find out." And they were like, "We'll buy all of your food for the whole week if you if you if you get the buzz cut." And then I did and I was like, "I this is this is much better than what what I was doing before." Wow, what a deal. It sounds like an incredible <laughs> Thanks week. Thanks for the food. that was a great week. Yeah, I didn't have to spend any money on food. Um, so we start off season two of Gossip Girl with... Should uh, I try
2: and go find uh, Nick Montemagno and get him to pay for my food for a week for in exchange for a haircut?
4: If you can find Nick Montemagno, then I mean all power to you. I have not heard from him in, in many years. <laughs> um so yeah so we, we start off season two with with a bold music choice schwezi's Sh- 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 buzzin', which uh great i've not heard this song in years i was uh it made me laugh just hearing the song it's a very interesting choice like i don't think this was a huge song but it, it had its moment back in 2008 i guess
2: i definitely didn't notice uh Shwayze's buzzin' buzzing by any chance but i definitely noticed there were two uh motion city soundtracks songs in this in this episode i
4: noticed one um so but yeah are you a big motion city soundtrack guy
2: I'm more of a, a medium uh, M.C.S. fan, as as we call them. Uh, Nicole's the one that that flagged up the the songs in the episode. She's she a a huge a huge yeah. fan of them.
4: I think a fu- future friend of the pod, Sean Gallagher, has said that they are his uh, number one band.
2: Wow, bold praise. I mean, they, they're good. What do you think? Are you, are you a big you a big fan of them?
4: Yeah, I've heard some of their stuff. I, I I'm a I'm a fair weather fan. You know, I'm not. Wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but. So yeah, we we're we're still in the summer here, and our our crew is paying a visit to our neck of the woods, Long Island, baby. Uh, okay. And according according to Gossip Girl, some some may say that summer is our busiest season. Um, is this true, Brendan? Is summer the busiest season for Long Island?
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt, it's it's absolutely a, it's a summer island, yeah, baby. I guess so. Um, I, and I sp- I spend most of my my summers now that I work at my new job, going out east uh, every week. Okay, I, fancy. I do the south Fork and north work, uh, respectively, Thursday, Fridays, doing deliveries and stuff. So I'm spending. Quite a bit of time in the Hamptons out there, and it, it is absolutely it is crazy busy. So when I hear a nice LAE reference on a, on a Gossip Girl episode, it, it just gives yeah, me chills. Yeah,
4: you're, you're like, this is my stuff, baby. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, I stand up, I fist pump.
4: As someone who had to commute on the LAE for three years of my life, it, I cringed. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like the reference at all.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was cool. It was cool to see. Like, I think they really did a good job of looking, making it look like it, it, they might have actually filmed there. It looked like they, they did a good job of portraying... Uh, the Hamptons. It looked like a, re- a real Hamptons set that they were at this whole time.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Gossip Girl Gossip Girl does a good job at making Long Island sound magical. And uh, maybe it's just the, the Hamptons that are pretty magical for, for the most part. Oh,
2: well, yeah, of course. Like, well, This is like the the rich area of the island that is not like such a rich place overall.
4: Yeah, for, for the most part, I would say uh, Gossip Girl is really doing us a favor here because for the most part, uh, Long Island sucks. Uh, uh, Ch- Charles, is your experience of what uh, – what, what is your experience like um, – is your experience of Long Island what you saw in this episode of Gossip Girl, or? Uh... So
0: yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, just in general. So just you know, for for a little bit of background, I I grew up in New York City on the Upper East Side. Um, you know, hey, upper East was, was lucky enough to go to private school. You know, very similar to the detection. So of- Gossip
4: Girl is pretty much an un- an unauthorized biography of your life. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, Chuck Bass <laughs> yeah. after, you know, minus all the bad things he does, right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Only the
4: good parts. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, no, but I was going to say, like, the, the city stuff, the school stuff in New York, all that stuff is unbelievably exaggerated. And, and everybody always asks me, oh, is that what, like, your life was like? I'm like, no, not at all. Um, but the Hamptons stuff is actually pretty on point. Um, per, did you go to
4: a? Did you ever go to a white party? Because it's yeah. not something that I, I, I never yeah. went to a white. Party. I mean, I don't oh, think okay. that
0: aged well, but Labor Day party <laughs> every year was always a white party I called the white party, and you'd wear all whites. And that's, yeah, it's definitely a great name for sense. a party. Okay, yeah. So all right, because I, I was wondering. The implication wondering. of what this part of this, what this party is, right? The last day of summer, everyone's going back to the city afterward, and, and everyone's wearing white. That's that's very kind of on point. But just the general vibe of like you know how people are walking around the stores, the beach. Everything like that was is is pretty accurate as well as I'm sure a lot of the drama is pretty accurate
4: for what actually happens <laughs> in the yeah. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. I
2: mean, yeah, it's it's an, it's a really awesome area over there. It's just like you don't you don't get to fully enjoy it if you are local to the area and not extremely rich, but definitely a cool place
4: long island sucks from a long island local over here but good thing we have our uh, white party correspondent on today to shed some light on what was going on there um we we start off with some some makeout action like literally right off the bat like the first scene of this season is just uh nate making up with this with this new woman who we have no idea who this is and you know good for nate i guess but we really don't we still don't really know where this woman came from i guess she's just also vacationing there but uh brendan did you recognize her from uh gilmore girls
2: no, I did not notice it. Who is she?
4: She's uh Christopher's I guess fiance or whatever, the one that has the kid with him.
2: Oh no. I no, I never would would have realized well,
4: that Well that's who she is.
2: At first when I was watching this the scene with um Nate making out with the girl in the car I saw the like, the blonde hair and I immediately thought like, Oh wow, I guess I guess him and Serena got together. And then uh I guess I as I watched it I realized that's not the case.
4: Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, this is twenty years older than Serena. <laughs> Honestly though it, and, it's
2: great that this episode had uh, some stuff for Nate to do though that was that was
4: nice. Yeah, there's a lot of It's probably one of the better storylines. Well, well, yeah, obviously. i was going to say the exact So it's good thing. that they gave Nate something to do. Um I still have a problem with the things that they give Nate to do are usually things that are separate from any of the other storylines which uh was kind of the case here and it, it still might be the the best storyline of the episode, but I didn't really like any of them in this episode. Not to not to spoil where I might be grading the episode later, but there there's just so much absurd things going on here. Nothing made sense, but uh, for the time being here, Nate's very okay with just being someone's uh, dirty little secret, I guess. Because uh, she makes it clear right off the bat that no one can know about what's going on. And so, you know, we, we kind of assume right away that maybe she's uh, cheating on her husband or something and that uh, Nate, Nate is... Going after someone that maybe he shouldn't be.
2: You see, I don't think I realized this right away, um, or maybe at all initially, uh, but it took me quite a while to figure this out.
4: <laughs> at, at what point did you realize? When the husband came home and she, and she said, <laughs> or was it after that? Yeah, no, no, no. Actually, it, it was, uh, it it was well that after that. that. Was that her dad?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe it could could have been her dad. He was old.
4: Yeah, he was even older.
2: You know, maybe he was the dad and she's the
4: daughter. Who knows? <laughs> if they had if they booked her trying to play a high schooler, that would be it. <laughs>
0: They would only be like five years older than everybody. else. Yeah,
4: exactly. Exactly. That's where I draw the line. I draw the line at thirty-five. That's where I, anyone yeah. anyone under thirty-five can play a high schooler. But once you get to thirty-six, that's that's it. Um, so we get a, Chuck is on the beach here, and he's he's wearing the, a funny hat that he'll, he'll wear throughout the episode, pretty much.
2: Yes, I absolutely flagged that up. Uh, Chuck has an incredible fashion episode this whole. you know
4: i have this written somewhere in my notes he has a great fashion episode this whole episode
0: i mean nothing will ever beat his basketball yep. outfit but 100 uh, correct um but but this is pretty great this is chuck in his element i'm a big hat guy myself so <laughs> i have a strong appreciation for a man who could pull pull off hats yeah i could i could picture and, you in this and, hat i think
4: thanks. i think you'd be able to rock this hat as well
0: <laughs> um that means that means more to me than you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's, there's just
4: something about chuck on the beach here that just does not look right to me i would never picture chuck like going to the beach i feel like he's someone who doesn't like getting like dirty or sandy or anything but he's he's in his element here he's having good luck with the ladies. Um I don't know. He keeps he refer, he'll refer to them as the triplets a couple times throughout the episode. Where did he find these it, girls? Look, nothing like <laughs> yeah, they, they don't the like anything. Alike.
0: <laughs> I, I, they didn't like anything. Yeah, alike. I don't think they were triplets. And <laughs> they're just getting nude on the, in the middle of a very popular public beach. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, uh,
4: yeah, exactly.
0: Every beach in the, every beach in East Hampton or or any of the Hamptons is is you know either public or private and very crowded. So I yep. don't know, you know, I've never I I say like I've been thinking about it for a while and I've never seen making <laughs> women
4: see this. Why where did Chuck Where did Chuck pass? It would be right.
0: get the people there. If
4: anything, maybe Chuck could pull it off. Where did he find these girls? Why are they all just down yeah. to sexily strip for Chuck on the beach? Like what we need something needs explaining here that we did we did not get.
2: And the choices that Ed Westwick makes in the scene are, are, so, are so funny. He's, he's just breathing so, so heavily in the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. He's just starts like hev- heavily panting. He also starts off the scene. He asks, girls, you don't know how thankful I am to finally found a use for geometry in my life. What does this mean? What does he mean by that? What geometry? I
0: think it- a triangle, a triangle that's yeah, like a, a like long a way to go for that
4: three for a triangle reference it's,
0: or a square uh, you know man-a-qua. I guess I, I mean I,
4: <laughs> so he, no. he's gonna see the Gossip Girl blast about uh, Blair and he's clearly interested also Serena also at the beach and you know at the same beach as Chuck I guess I, I was trying to figure out are they coincidentally at the same beach or Are they, like, vacationing together? Are, for some reason, Serena, her brother, Serena's grandma, and Chuck all just vacationing together on Long Island? Like, what is what is going on? Like, I guess this
2: is the group just hanging out while Lily and are the Bart are on their honeymoon.
0: Yeah, the implication is that they're staying at one of either the Vanderwoodsons or the Basses house. <laughs> um, so you know, if, if, under that assumption, right? Chuck is always showing up randomly in yeah, there with right. Marina and whatever, right? and then Blair's going to show makes, up like, too. Yeah, he makes a few comments about, yeah, he makes a few comments about, you know, not believing her and Nate and blah blah whatever. Um, so. I think so once you assume that, then it makes kind of sense that they'd be on the beach together because you know the beaches are typically pretty far away from each other, and you right. you'd always almost go to the beaches like close to your house.
4: I feel like this um, must so be to sure. this must be CC's like summer house that they're staying at because otherwise, how did CC score the invite?
2: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Yeah,
4: that's right. like so, so, like Chuck is like, let's go to my like my dad's beach house or whatever, and Serena's like, all right, but I'm bringing Grandma. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like, so, yeah, I was very confused the entire episode of why she was just there in the
4: first place. No, like, it, like yeah, CeCe is just. Just inexplicably there this episode with no with no explanation but
0: yeah I think you're right I think the implications. definitely it has there. to Just be um,
4: but so I, I feel like it, it must be tough for a gossip girl in the summer because you think she probably gets most of her intel at school but she is still you know just given the given the rundown on what every character's been up to over the summer, uh, she lets us know that Serena, like Serena and Nate have this supposed re- relationship, but Serena's been spotted solo all summer, and that lonely boy isn't so lonely anymore. And we cut to Dan, who is also getting some makeout time. every every guy in the show said, I will come back for another season, but you have to start start it off with me making out with with a girl. That is the only re- way I'll come back. Everyone is getting very lucky to start this season off.
2: Seems like off the bat, everyone's got a As love interest. Here. I mean,
4: everyone is going to have like a love interest in this episode that comes out of nowhere.
2: It feels like from the end of last season to the start of this season, it's like we we missed something. It's like we're expected to know all these people that we're introduced to already.
4: Yeah, and, and you know, I'm glad I actually, I'm glad, it really does, because we just get foisted into the action with no explanation of anything that's happening, but yeah. I'm glad that Charles is here now, because we kind of outnumber you two to one on the OC watchers to non-OC watchers, and I feel like they tried to kind of do what they did um, with the OC season two, where they come back and, like, every, every member of the cast just has, like, a new love interest, but... The thing is, in the OC, like they made, like they introduced the characters, and they all made sense, and they were also like very likable. At <laughs> unlike everyone that we get introduced here, who is just very boring. As is the as the main problem with
0: it does it happens a little bit more slowly on the OC exactly like, with the exception of. Summer, yeah, we I mean, don't get too far in. To yeah, see, yeah. But the other ones, kind, of, you kind of meet them and develop in the first couple episodes, and you know, it makes sense. I would say with the, with the Dan stuff, it's, it's. I think this is just strictly used as character development. You know, mm-hmm. to show where what what Dan's been up to, that he's changed, he's not the same Dan that we saw in season one, and that you know he's he's clearly struggling with something, and then you know we find out that it's that he's not over Serena. Which yep. Makes sense given you know how they broke up. It never really made that much sense in the first place <laughs> uh if, if you know if I'm remembering correctly it's been a little bit but
4: but yeah Dan is shown making out with some random bookstore girl and he's getting her number and his old creepy boss comes in and it's just like I had my eye on that girl that you were just talking to <laughs> yeah <that's what> <laughs> <laughs> like really sir you're like 60. St- Danny dirty dog they're
0: stereotyping like the classic literary yeah, yeah. character so it's like oh this Like, creepy 60 year old, like, genius author. Yeah, he's the creepy, yeah, creepy
4: 60 year old who's like speaking in cliches and drinking at all hours of the day. Um, so yeah, this is like his boss type or something at this new internship that Dan has. His name's Harris or something. That I mean, we won't be talking a lot about him, but there he is. He's gonna like fire Dan at some point. Spoiler, exactly. (laughs) Um, another girl's gonna come up to Dan, he kisses her on the cheek, asks for a rain check on their date. So he he's clearly living life right now over the summer. Gossip Girl also seems very impressed with Dan's new uh, ladies man persona. And she says uh she might have to stop, stop calling him Lonely Boy and start calling him Playboy. So Brendan, again, are we gonna have to change the name of the podcast again? Yeah, I mean I think we might. We change from the Lonely Boys to the to the Ds or we... The Playboys. <laughs> hey up Residers and welcome back to the Playboys Podcast.
2: XOXO, Playboys. <laughs>
3: I was a little disappointed
0: in Gossip Girl here, I gotta say. you know, I think it could have come up with a little more fun of a nickname yeah, I Boy. think so.
4: Gossip oh, Girl, you know, yeah. it is summer. Gossip Girl's probably on a little bit it's of a summer. summer break, so she's she might be yeah. phoning it in a little bit, but uh,
2: I think a better nickname would have been Beta
4: Soy Boy. <laughs> yeah on cw yeah, not so much a lot
0: funnier <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Jane. better hey if the show had come out on hbo max exactly I think that they would could have gotten more.
4: it um but dan's not the only one with this uh a new job slash internship jenny also has her internship at waldorf designs or whatever it's called and her i guess this is some kind of boss person to her in eleanor's absence laurel she is very rude to jenny all episode for no reason and like throughout this whole scene, she's just like very mean to her. She's like, "Oh, there's no way you could be doing this, right?" And some some other girl's gonna tell Jenny, like, "Oh, I was an intern once too. It gets better, don't worry." Maybe maybe everyone should just stop being such dicks to interns. Like, I don't know if this if this is based in reality here, then this is horrifying.
2: Yeah, I guess this is the kind of shit that little Jay has to go through if she wants to make it to the top.
4: I really felt bad for Jenny here. Like if she had to put up with this all summer. Yeah, Jenny's shows, like, Laurel her dress design, and I mean, I am paraphrasing a little bit here um, to steal a trick that Brendan, I know you love paraphrasing, but Laurel pretty much says, like, first of all, who the fuck said you were invited to the white party, you stupid bitch? And secondly, this dress is terrible and won't fit you, you fucking idiot. And,
2: yes, that is incredible use of like, the paraphrasing. Also,
4: the white the white party is also called the Vitamin Water Party. So I guess this party's just sponsored by vitamin What? <laughs> Some obvious product placement. <laughs>
2: yeah, the invitation itself just says "vitamin water" in all caps on the front of the
4: invitation. <laughs> it just says "vitamin water." <laughs> yeah. And then later, Jenny goes to the bar, and it's just a bar that has every flavor of vitamin water.
0: Vitamin <laughs> she's, yeah.
4: she's just like, uh, one vitamin water and keep them coming. <laughs> I've had a rough day, barkeep. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to get through the day.
0: Simply with the grapefruit baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny. Yeah, I got to say, I've been to a few white parties. I've never been to one that's sponsored. Yeah, let alone, let alone, no let vitamin
4: water, water. bar. <laughs> No. Um
0: I, definitely
4: not. Jenny Jenny tells her that like she she made it she's like, This isn't for me, I made this for you, since I'm not invited and you are. And her boss is pretty much just like, Oh, you thought I'd wear an intern's dress to this event? Like, okay, dumbass, that's not happening. So, I mean, honestly, good for Jenny for like shooting her shot and trying to make something happen here, but this was never this was never going to happen. I mean, hey yeah, she went
2: for it. It was a good pivot.
0: It was a good clearly not intended for her in any way. Right. So it was it was nice to see Jenny, you know. A, they're showing Jenny. She's talented. The Jenny's talented, and B, that she's you know, thinking quick on her.
4: And that is the number one character trait of Jenny that I'm always talking about. She is quick on her feet. She can really. You think she's backed in a corner, but she can talk her way out of a a lot of things. Dating back to, like, one of the first episodes of the show where she gets caught literally, like, stealing a dress from uh, Blair's shop, which I guess maybe she's now working in, um, and is able to talk her way out with the police and uh, not get in any trouble. And she still has that trick a season later here.
2: Um, Taylor Mobson must have been sick in this episode.
4: Yeah, her voice uh, sounded a little scratchy in this episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. You
0: know, it could be because she... She was in a band at the time, and I think oh, that and still
4: she still is in a band, and yeah. her band the Pretty Reckless is great. And I think this She may have been on like, touring or something like that. It could that be, yeah. This might be worse. This might be when that was starting up. I know that they're gonna, you know, start hitting it big in like a couple of years. So they're probably like I don't know when the Pretty Reckless formed, but yeah, that that could have something to do with it here. Um The the White Party seems like it's gonna be the event of the week this week. Everyone's talking about it. Uh Laurel is going to give her more busy work to do. She also calls her Ginny instead of Jenny, um, as if she was a uh, a Harry Potter character. And it it also seems like Eleanor Waldorf has uh, like seventy five interns or employees, like all working at the same time. How do, how does anyone move around in there? This is not COVID safe at all. <laughs> like they were like every it was like everyone like was you know had. Three There's people just surrounding them at There's all times. Oh yeah, they're absolutely yeah, on top yeah. of each other. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> oh, no, it was
0: crazy. No, no, Ron, I was running a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, <that's why laughs> yeah Eleanor's so rich.
4: They're probably all getting paid like below minimum. I mean, no, actually, they're all interns. They're probably unpaid interns. Yeah. 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 Um, I think
2: we're going to end up seeing more in this series of what happens to Eleanor and her her sweatshop. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and season three does deal with the Eleanor Waldorf trial when uh she finally has to go to trial for for the <laughs> for the unsafe working environments of all of her of all of her employees, yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a nice Dan and Jenny scene here. I-, I do love the scenes where the two of them together, and this is the only one we get of the episode, but they're just kind of like debriefing each other. They each have a bunch of homework that they need to do. Um, we we talked about Jenny a little bit, but I guess I'll ask, uh, Charles, ha- what are your thoughts on Jenny Humphrey? She's a very polarizing character. Me and Brendan both love Jenny, at least so far, but I, I know a lot of people, uh, she's a hated character. Uh, where do you come down on that, Charles? Uh-
3: I'm in the middle. I would say I I, I would say to this
0: point I, I definitely like her. Um, she's I think the whole Humphrey family is 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 you know very you're very sympathetic to them and right. you know they, they they kind of act rationally whether it's likable actions or not it's it they kind of their actions make sense you know Jenny is trying to fit in she's doing all these things because she's trying to fit in she gets carried away um, you know same with Dan and and you know Rufus is is you know trying to keep his family together and, and appear that things are okay with his kids and doing all these things. So, um, you know, I, I it, you know, I definitely root for them. And I agree with you on these, these kind of moments between the two of them where they're just being themselves and stripped away from the world mm. that they're trying to fit, in, fit into are, are always great.
4: Yeah. I do love when the, uh, Humphreys kind of have their, yeah, have their bonding moments here, and they're they're deciding what to get for dinner. And Jenny asks where mom is, so I guess they were staying with their mom for this weekend. Which uh, it's an interesting choice that they keep mentioning the mom, since we know that she will never appear again. But I guess they just want to rem- they want to remind, yeah, exactly. Like just well, have, have them. She
0: then like, calls Rufus, and Rufus is on tour, right? So that yes, yeah, so Ru-
4: yeah. Rufus is on tour. Yeah, I guess. But they also do like they are. I think Dan at least was at the loft at some point, just staying there by himself. So it's not like they have to stay with. The mom for the summer. I don't know. I, I feel like they just keep mentioning the mom, even though <laughs> the actress is never here again. So just reminding us that she exists, I guess. Um, and so Jenny still doesn't know why Dan and Serena broke up. Doesn't look like Dan knows why they uh, broke up. And we see that the Dan's title of his new uh, short story or whatever he has to write is titled 51908. Um, so obviously referencing you know, the, what, the events of the season finale of last season that happened on May 19th, 2008. I, I, it just seems obvious to me that Dan, Dan is a one-trick pony. He can literally only write stories that are based on the dates of important Serena-based events in his life and everything what? else he can't do. Like he, he, the re- He's going to say the reason he can't write the story is because he's still like hung up on like why things ended with Serena, but write a story about something else. It doesn't have to be about Serena. I know you're supposed to write about what you know, but I, I really think Dan should be broadening his horizons a little bit.
2: Imagining him trying to write this all summer long is just like this episode of SpongeBob where he's trying to write the... Boating school paper. Yeah, we just get a scene of him writing that in calligraphy.
4: Yeah, they should have done a montage of Dan working for like hours on this just to flash of the screen and just show five nineteen oh eight.
0: They flash to it and it's just a picture of Serena. <laughs> 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 uh,
4: so Chuck Chuck's looking at himself in the mirror, and I think we have to be on Chuck Hairwatch here. We will and we will continue to be on Chuck Hairwatch until he definitively figures it out, which we know is coming. What do you guys think of his hair in this episode, uh, now that he's not wearing his hat?
2: I mean, it's definitely better than last I mean, I season missed, but it's missed a also a little wet for my taste <laughs>
4: <laughs> definitely better
2: yeah so far it just looks cleaner overall I, I, I think it still has a little bit of a ways to go oh well, i'm hoping anyway but definitely a step in the right direction
4: yes the hair definitely is looking better it'll look better throughout the episode as well um yeah i was gonna his...
0: say in the scene where they're all dining and and meeting uh through uh player's new bow for the first time his hair looks like very well kept and looks good yes yeah Are exactly you sure you he just could... needs to and you compare yeah. that versus, you know, first episode, yeah, you know, whatever was going on uh, last year, which is yeah, the worst, which is the worst Chuck for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the hair looked absolutely horrendous there.
4: So. Yeah, and I think if you ask, like, number one reason Chuck sucks in season one, people might say the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck's sideburns are also wild right now. they they're like halfway down his face.
2: Yeah, his burns are way too long right now. Dan is also famous for having. Long sideburns, but he rocks them for sure.
0: Yeah, as someone whose hair is pretty long, including sideburns, right now. <laughs> I got a haircut in I'm a little Okay, good. All right. So that <laughs> that will end uh,
4: this episode of of. uh Chuck fashion watch well, not fashion watch, but Chuck just hair watch, I guess, grooming watch. Um Serena Another new name? The Harry Boys? Yeah, the Harry Boys. Nope. <laughs> okay, never I'm not did. gonna give up on that one. Serena is <laughs> Serena's also here. I guess they uh, you know, they're staying at the same house because they're vacationing at, at Cece's house or whatever. And Blair is also gonna be stopping by now. So Chuck is gonna meet her at the bus with these flowers. But Serena kind of lets Chuck know that Blair's never gonna forgive you, so like don't even bother. And Blair gets off the jitney, which is weird because why is Blair taking the bus?
2: Yeah, I didn't even think about this when I was watching it, but you're right. I I, I guess the Jitney is a little bit below her.
4: Yeah, I'm surprised that she, like...
0: I mean, uh, I will say the Jitney is not, like, the normal bus, you know? uh, But, yeah, it doesn't fit in with her character in general. Yeah, Right, but it's still, it's
4: like a coach bus, but still, I cannot believe that uh, Blair was on any kind of bus and not just, like, yeah. I, I, like, I I know she's trying to, you know, get this guy to make Chuck jealous, but I, I feel like Blair would not even stoop that low, even even for this. Do so. you know how
0: bad Serena's read is on her best friend? She's like, oh yeah, Blair will never forgive you. And then <laughs> later in <laughs> the episode, Blair's like, oh, I'm still yours if you, if yeah. you
4: say that. Serena, like, what show are you watching? where Yeah. Blair exactly. Yeah, just like Serena will never forgive Dan, uh, Blair will exactly. never forgive Chuck. It's the same thing. So Blair Blair is going to join the ever-growing group of characters here that n- now have a new makeout partner in their lives. She gives uh, Prince Philip a kiss and just looks at Chuck with the smuggest look on her face. And uh, Gospiro's going to say, ain't karma a bitch? We know Blair Waldorf is. So very nice. Uh, very, uh, See, nice that's much better by, stuff from Gotham, yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably, she. Yeah. I
2: feel like we got a lot of bitch in this episode.
4: Yeah, the CW gave them the green light for bitch and they said, all right, we're going to make it count. <laughs> Yeah,
0: um, they, they, they like play around with other curse words, but can't say them directly. So. Mother Chucker. Yeah, Mother Chucker.
4: And Chuck faster yeah, all in right, one scene, right. Right. yeah. <laughs> so Blair and Serena have finally reunited here. Uh, there have been rumors going around that Serena and Nate were hooking up this summer. Uh, because remember, we did leave off uh, season one with... Uh, kind of Serena and Nate hitting it off, like, as friends at least. They were both realized they were both going to be, like, alone for the summer, so they started talking, I guess, and I guess that's where uh, that comes from. and But Blair must be so over Nate at this point because she gives no fucks about these rumors. Like, she, she doesn't get jealous at all. She she has her own things to worry about.
2: Yeah, it seems like she's not interested in his life whatsoever. She does ask what's going
0: on.
4: She does, like, but, like, she clearly makes, doesn't like, care. Why are
0: Serena and Blair not texting about
2: what's
4: going on? That's true, on. yeah. <laughs> that is true. Like, Blair went away and just... Stopped talking to Serena, I guess. I, I guess. I guess she wanted to live in the moment and not...
2: I mean, I guess she was just busy while she was out there.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, uh, Serena and Nate aren't doing anything. Nate's just using it as a cover, so he can fuck whoever he wants, and Serena, you know, can just uh, stop being so lonely or whatever, or pretend to not be lonely. And uh, Blair doesn't believe that Serena hasn't been seeing anyone all summer. But Serena just missed Dan too much, and and Blair is appalled here. She says the only thing lamer than dating Dan Humphrey is mourning Dan Humphrey, and you know maybe she's got a point here.
2: Before this breakup, the Blair seemed like she was sort of coming around on Dan a little bit, like she was, yeah, seemingly friendly with him. Once Serena and Dan seemed like they were going to be a pretty real item,
4: but she forgot about that. Chuck walks by here. He's, I can't explain it, but he's got a great shirt on. Uh, like as as all episode, he's just going to be looking great. He's got a, He's got a very good shirt on. Blair just. Uh, she immediately, like Blair sees Chuck and just immediately starts talking about her new guy James, uh, who who gave her, you know, a new necklace. And Serena, unlike Georgina, Serena is not an improv queen. There was no yes ending here at all. She just goes, "I thought your dad gave you that necklace." And who the fuck is James? Like, what are you talking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely blows up Blair's spot here. And she she tries to quickly recover, but Chuck is going to be able to call out Blair for lying here.
2: The character of Serena is a terrible actress, and like you said, a terrible improv queen uh just, just did not pick up on any of these social cues whatsoever. The one thing she does well though is her her accents for sure.
4: The classic Savannah southern drawl that she does when she uh calls 911.
2: Oh yes, that one gets me going every time.
4: Um yeah, uh Chuck Chuck maybe hasn't gotten his hair completely down yet, but he has gotten that patented Chuck Bass cadence down to a T by now. Like just the way he's like speaking as Chuck Bass like this is what we're gonna be hearing from Chuck Bass for the for the rest of the series. Just him speaking in this like low, like intimidating voice.
2: Yeah, at this point in the series he's truly come into yep. his own of how he's going to be speaking the rest of the series just like this.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like he he mastered it. By now. I
2: do feel bad for the boom mic guy in Chuck scenes, though. Like he speaks <laughs> so quietly that like I feel like we're gonna end up seeing a boom mic. If you look closely, I'm sure you might see a boom mic accidentally creep into one of the shots. I have to get it so close to his mouth.
4: Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point. You know, I, I wasn't thinking of the technical I've aspect. Never noticed
2: it, but now I want to watch
0: again.
4: To we'll be on the lookout. We'll be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> um, CW a high
0: production. So, dollar,
2: oh yeah, you'll see it now.
4: <laughs> chuck really has no one to blame but himself here like he completely ditched blair at uh you know when he was supposed to vacation with her but you know also blair's poor buddy on the plane that she was chatting up at the end of season one he gets fired because chuck fucked up and didn't show up and then like got jealous of this guy and so just had his dad fire him like this guy uh, very unfortunate he talked to the wrong girl
2: yeah I was so confused about what happened to this guy i thought they were <laughs> um, i thought they were going on vacation together
4: that would have made more sense, but maybe this guy wasn't available to come back or something. Like Blair, Blair's going to invite James to dinner for some reason so Chuck can meet him. Um, I guess she is trying to rub the James thing in Chuck's face, but this seems like a disaster waiting to happen for her. I- I'm surprised like more things didn't go off the rail here with Chuck. Like All things considered, nothing really happens, but I-, I feel like this could have ended disastrously.
2: I guess she was trying to prove that he didn't get to her, but she's not right, doing a good job at it. Yeah,
4: exactly. yeah, she's really not good at this. Um, Rufus is still on tour. I was gonna say quickly before we oh, jump well, into Rufus,
2: like
0: this is the part where I get frustrated with Blair. Right? It's like if she's gonna be this like vindictive, you know, scorned woman character, like go all the way. Like why? Like how do you go? You go the half measure, yeah. and that's why. Like I find her unlikable at times, and it's just like. Yeah, it, she she can I mean I guess I feel like it's, it's Blair usually does in some ways like she can't stick to it because she clearly has feelings that are so strong for Chuck. Right. But it's also just so severely like... transparent that it's like what's the point of going through that in the first place?
4: Yeah. I, and I feel like Blair usually does go all the way so it's a little out of character here to start of this season where she's just like like you said just not like going all right. the way with it just doing a pretty half-assed so like job of way, trying she's to, to make Chuck likable. Absolutely. So uh, Rufus, he's still on tour. He's on the phone with Jenny. And Jenny lets Rufus know that Dan's been dating a different girl every night. Where is Dan finding all of these girls? The bookstore? Like, what? He's Ta-
2: been dating a flurry of girls. Yeah, well, she nerds.
4: she's worried about her, apparently. I know Tinder was not a thing. I don't know where... Like, all of these girls cannot be at the bookstore. Um, I mean, I, I understand when you look like Dan, it probably is pretty easy to date, but... I, I, one girl a night. I mean, Charles, as an an uh, iconic dater, have you ever been able to keep up with the Dan Humphrey pace no, of one girl per night? not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Barnes & Noble is just an absolute uh, fuck check. I mean, it's New York.
0: There's
4: I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble next week. It's very popular, just, uh,
0: but I, you know, I, I, I got I to think that, I gotta think that you know, he's like part of the presentation of like the you know jeremiah harris is like you know maybe he does part of the reading or introduces him
4: right that probably
0: helps him a lot right because then i bet a lot of people are coming to this famous authors you know when a famous author comes to speak at these uh... bookstores it draws a crowd you know somebody will come for that reason then he's probably meeting people because he's like associated with jeremiah harris he's not just showing up to a bookstore by himself and being like, "Hey, Dan Humphrey, lonely boy here." Yeah, uh, you may,
4: be, yeah, you may know me, know me as Lonely Boy from the Gossip Girl <laughs> <Yeah>. blog updates. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Dan question? and do Harris. Think, are do you think from, that these
0: people yeah. introduce themselves as like Gossip Girl characters to people when they meet them outside the Gossip Girl? Space? <laughs>
4: Yes, exactly. I'm Serena. You may know me as S. Yeah. I know you probably keep up with all the, all the gossip girl goings on. But yeah, Dan, Dan and his boss are probably wingmanning each other at the bookstore going out for drinks afterwards. Um, but still, one a night. Very impressive by Dan. Uh, Jen, Jenny and Rufus still on good terms here as Rufus asks, you know, how how's her dress design going? And he's encouraging her to go to this white party, which... Um, this is not a party that anyone get into, though. Uh, Jenny lets Rufus know that last year they even turned down Jack Johnson, and Rufus says it sounds like they have taste, and I did laugh at the unnecessary shot, <laughs> shot. At Jack Johnson. Yeah,
2: I couldn't believe this
0: Jack Johnson slander. <laughs> <It was really laughs> Several funny. dynamics talk about that. First of all, the, the hate on Jack Johnson is, was, you know.
4: Yeah, was it was this a yeah, Jack I Johnson so. attack and warranted? At all the Extremely places unpaulter. where
0: you'd think you'd find Jack Johnson, in East Hampton at a white party <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> Water is very near the bottom of the list. The guy is like chill Hawaiian <laughs> surfer guy, who, like, lo- loves that Sponsored lifestyle. He's like, He's <laughs> not going to Hampton's
2: White Party, but, yes.
4: Yeah, yeah the, I think Josh Schwartz just wanted to take a shot at <laughs> Josh Johnson. <laughs> but also, another thing about this is that Rufus all of a sudden wants Jenny to go to parties now, which is a big 180 from last season. He wants her to go out, he wants her to go to these parties. Like, not only does he not last season did he not want Jenny to like leave the house at all but he was also very against her getting in with this rich person crowd and all of a sudden Rufus as is the case with almost every character is not acting as the previously very well-defined characters that we've gotten through one season no one is going to act like how they're supposed to act in this episode so he a big 180 from Rufus here and he gives her the idea to go with Eric and we find out that uh, Eric and Jenny still aren't on the best terms they haven't really talked at all since before the summer
2: yes I I definitely agree with everything you said about like nobody's acting like themselves and whatnot but I, I maybe rufus the thing with him is that he realized that all that put a strain on him and jenny's relationship uh last season so at this point he wants to give her a little bit more of a leash and plus he's enjoying himself on, on tour and wants to just kind of be like a a cooler dad maybe
4: or maybe it was that he finally he finally sealed the deal with lily and it mellowed him out after think,
2: that oh yeah that too Bang, banging lily definitely she, helped
0: she yeah. built up some trust this summer like it seems like based on their conversation they've been talking like all the time because he asked her, like, oh, how's the dress? It's not like something that he, like, oh, he, she hasn't talked to him in a week. Like, right. they're talking day by day mm-hmm. and versus her, his conversation with Dan. It seemed like that was his first time talking pretty much Dan about real shit the entire summer. So I think she's
4: – And I will uh...
0: – Exactly. So I feel like so – I, I can speak like, to I... – So I feel like you know she's built up that trust again with him. Plus she's working hard at the internship and, and you know, tracing her dreams and all that. And she probably also phrased it as a way, you know. I mean, she did phrase it as a way to like continue
2: her job and whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, the two of them have built up a a good repertoire this summer.
4: Right. And as far as uh, Jenny goes, I I can speak to it is definitely a lot easier to have a uh, a good relationship with your parent when you are just talking to them on the phone like once a week instead of like living with (laughs) them under (laughs) the same roof. So Jenny's probably able to put on just like a brave face for like that one phone call every few days or so whenever they're talking. Yeah. So Dan, as much of
2: a mess as this episode is. Rufus is used, like, well in this episode. He's used as, like, as much as everybody wants him to be used that we talk to in this podcast. Yeah. Like, he's finally being utilized is just the dad for advice. and He's only in a couple scenes, and that's how we all, like, our Rufus.
4: Yeah, just as helping his kids, which is the—like, I think he's just in two scenes. I think he's in this scene helping out Jenny, and then he's on the phone again later helping out Dan. And that is the best when, when uh you know, he's just the helpful dad and not, like— you know, also going on one date per night with girls that he's meeting at his art gallery. These like,
2: every people just pick up girls in the most interesting places. Yeah,
4: exactly. They're just they're just able to pick up girls anywhere. Uh, Dan Dan. Speaking of Dan, he meets his his boss in a bar, and apparently this is the only bar in the city that doesn't serve minors because uh, Dan walks in and the bartender greets him with "Not today, kid." <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. And this but is strange. Dan's a boss lets him know. Yeah, exactly. Like, any other bar, you could walk in and it'd be fine. But he goes into this random bar midday, and he's like, no, 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 get out of here. Yeah, I agree, honestly. The the checking of (laughs) fake IDs in New York City is pretty
0: sparse. It's pretty bad. It's not good.
4: Uh yeah, Dan's boss lets him know he's like no nah, no nah, he's with him and he, he's with me he can stay but but not for long because Dan still doesn't have his story ready because he refuses to write about something that isn't Serena and his boss is pretty pissed which I mean makes sense Dan's got one job it's to write a story and he's not doing it so but maybe a little harsh that he not only fires Dan here but he's also refusing to write him a letter of recommendation
2: yeah it seems a little harsh at first but I guess actually all Dan's been doing all summer is just right. up his girls and writing the date on his summer long assignment.
0: Well, and I, I I guess I, yeah, I think like of... this is the whole. What, yeah, what it seems, it seems like to me is like you—you you only got this internship from his other story in the New Yorker about Serena, and then his—the his, whole point of the internship was to get you know place time and work closely with this amazing author who then is going to you know recommend your story to you know for colleges and the next steps and all that um, and give you recommendations. So if you don't do that piece, like, what is he to recommend? You know, what is he to recommend? What is he going to say? Like this person right, did a yeah. great job. Like. Keeping me a, up when I'm drunk and all this stuff? Like, no. Like, is, <laughs> this
4: guy was a great wingman.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, 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 hit the, we hit the bookstores hard, you know? We, we, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>
4: yeah, but the thing is, though, that I'm not really invested in Dan's writing, like, random writing job right now anyway, so I didn't really care that he got fired.
2: Yeah, we didn't know about this writing job until a few minutes ago when it's already over, so I, I'm, I'm not too invested.
4: Exactly. So, um, Eric's on the beach here, and Jenny calls him, and he he, you know, he comes out of the gate hot. I will give him that. And he goes, "If it's apology time, you're three months too late." And you know, like, yes, King Eric, he will not be pushed around. Yeah, Eric, you fucking it's, tell her. Oh yeah, and he tells Jenny, he's like, "I know you're only calling because you want something." He comes in really hot. Like, you get the sense that he had all these lines prepared and was literally like waiting three months for Jenny to call so he could deliver them to her. And then he caves so quickly. Like, how could you stay Jenny, mad at her though? She's so cute. All, I know. I listen. I understand. I'd want to be friends with Jenny, too. But all she says is, look, I get that I was a raging bitch last year, but um, what you don't know is that I felt bad about it all summer. And Eric is just immediately friends with her again. Like, he came, like, the way he starts the phone conversation, you think, like, there's not a chance in hell that these two can ever be friends again. And then literally two seconds later, it's like, hey, it works for me. Well, I guess I don't have any other yeah, so friends, so I forget. clarify
0: me. that the only reason he's being nice to her is he has no other options. And it should probably be pretty fun to be around for a lot of different reasons.
4: Yeah, listen. I don't, I don't fault him, but...
2: Yeah, without her, it's just him and Chuck.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, so S- Serena's hot lifeguard shows up, and so now Serena is going to join the ever-growing group of characters with, like, a new potential love interest. There's, like, everyone's got someone this episode. But uh, she is so put off that the lifeguard has a Camaro, and not even in the ironic way. I-, I know nothing about cars. Is a Camaro bad?
2: Yeah, I didn't understand the issue either, but I guess it's just because it's not, like, a Mercedes or something? Yeah, I think it's that. It's the, I have no idea. I... I
0: don't know Cara as well. Charles, either, but... Charles has the
4: White Party correspondent. Our Camaro's bad. In your... I don't, I don't,
0: <laughs> from where? From where I, you I you have no from. idea. I don't have a good answer to that. I, you know, I think it was just it's supposed yeah. to, to position her as like, you know, an upper echelona lead top. Uh, and, I'm, and again, uh, yeah. like, I'm terrified show, to show the think dichotomy of... between her world and Dan's world. But Dan spent all, all episode in bookstores and grungy bars, and then we cut to Serena, and she's like. I got this hot guy who wants to date me, and I can't date him because his car's not nice <laughs> enough while I'm in He's my original like, Hamptons estate. Yeah. So I think that, that was the point. Yeah, I'm a... like the better if he
2: came <laughs> on a bike with pegs.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified to think of what she, uh, Serena would say if I rolled up in my Toyota minivan to pick her up for a date.
2: It seems like Joshua just was ready to throw shade at Camaros and Jack Johnson this episode.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it could be that Josh Schwartz has an agenda this episode. He just wants to slam Jack Johnson and Camaros. Um back to Nate and we haven't really uh seen him a lot yet this episode but he because he, all he's done is, is make out with this woman all episode and I, I guess that's one way for him to get a paycheck so uh, these two were just sneaking around we still don't get the reason why we have not confirmed that she's you know cheating or whatever's going on but uh, that's it for them now more on that later but first it is finally it is finally dinner time where Chuck Chuck is giving this James guy the third degree Blair obviously should have seen this coming but uh, Chuck wants to show off how well he knows Blair he's going to rattle off her favorite movies but he gets one wrong and you know this is all well and good even if he got them wrong right, but um, it could have been completely avoided if Chuck would have just showed up for Blair at the end of the season. I know, like, that's the whole point, like, that uh, you know, he realized he fucked up and now he's trying to win it back but it's just so still like Chuck if this is what you wanted then it was you had yeah. it you literally had it and now
2: yeah it's so frustrating but you, you can't you uh-huh. can't feel bad and, for him you know, at all
0: yeah you can't feel insane. bad for him it's insane. How, he did this how, to
4: himself
2: I don't understand
0: like feeling this strongly about someone that you're act- doing all these crazy things that he does this episode where they're checking who this guy is and doing all these things and then not being able to tell them how you feel. When and I understand them not being able to tell them how you feel, but when they're directly telling you how they feel and opening the door for you and saying, yeah. "All you need to do is tell me these things," and you feel that strongly, that that's where it, lo- it loses me. You know, I get him not yeah, Blair, wanting to do it. Blair gave her right away, but when she opens the door for him like that and t- demands that he oh, does yeah, yeah, it, yeah,
2: makes no sense. And he just couldn't say it.
4: Yeah, Blair, Blair gave him, Blair gave him the answer key. She said, "You say this, and you and you win. And I, you, I, and we can be together." And he just couldn't even do it. But so. Um, even even Grandma Cece's here at dinner, and she's like, Chuck, we, we all know what you're doing. This is very transparent. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love so that this is just the
4: weirdest grouping. It's Serena with her brother and grandma, and then also Chuck, Blair, and an English lord who is pretending to be a regular American person. Like, this is such a weird...
0: Yeah, absolutely. What, what a crew. Eric's line Was here the is, actress like pretty iconic, yeah. though, where it's like, it's for all the people who know Blair Waldorf, this game kind of sucks.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it seems like even Eric's like souring on Chuck a little bit here, but... So they must all be staring, staying at Grandma Cece's house. I don't know if the actress who plays Cece was like, "Can I come back for an episode?" Like, are you going to the Hamptons at any point? Because I kind of want to. I want to. I want to hang out at the Hamptons and film an episode. Um, I I love that Chuck calls her Grandma here. He goes, "Well, thank you, Grandma." <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll never get enough of this. By Chuck. <laughs>
4: keeping the trend that he is part of Serena's family. Like, I mean, it's
2: technically, funny. it's right. <laughs>
4: I know it's very funny, and and even she's like, well, "How come when you say it, it sounds like an yeah. insult?" <laughs> and. I also have in uh, in my notes here, like, even before Blair is going to start complaining all episode that this guy's so boring, like, I was like, this James guy seems incredibly boring, so. Was was this, Brenda, was this your first impression of James, too, that he is just the most boring person?
2: Yeah, before even talking about him, I felt like I forgot he was in the episode in the first place, and also I want to say that I definitely do a better English accent than him.
4: <laughs> and even when he has his grand reveal at the end, like, it doesn't change anything for me. He's still very boring. He's just boring with a bad British accent. <laughs>
2: oh you're a lord okay
4: no way he's a lord he's oh my boring, god you know he yeah.
0: gets too much well, in, and he succeeded people are just are throwing succeeded. themselves yeah. at <laughs> him it's too it's too much for him that's why he's trying to be boring
4: well mission yeah. accomplished by James here and Chuck is going to notice that he's got some kind of pin that he's wearing on his arm and he abruptly leaves the table so Blair and Chuck are going to have a one on one here where Chuck says he knows what the pin means and, and it's you know it's making him very sad and Chuck asks Blair if she really feels the same way about James as she did with Nate and. Blair says yes, but I feel like Chuck should be jumping for joy here because everyone knows that Blair actually didn't have any feelings for Nate. So if she feels the same way, then that, that, that seems like it can only be a good thing. But I guess the implication is that, uh, she's in love with James. Like she was in love with Nate and Chuck, Chuck leaves heartbroken and Blair even starts to cry. So they are, you know, they're not doing well right now.
2: Yeah. This scene was heartbreaking, but also very beautiful. I love the, the way this looked.
4: Yeah. I, it was, it, it was a uh, very visually appealing, um, so Blair Blair goes back to the table and takes the pin back and she's just playing one of her games. She didn't she didn't give that pin to him at all. Uh, she just kind of put it on his on his you know sleeve so that Chuck would notice it. And she, you know she's lucky that uh, he didn't catch her putting it on his sleeve and just like Blair, what yeah, the what fuck is his doing? On sleeve. <laughs> and he's also lucky that Chuck just happened to notice it. Like it's just like randomly on his arm. I could see Chuck going through the whole dinner without ever noticing it. So th- there was some flaws in this plan, but as it always does, ends up just working out flawlessly. And you know. Uh, they're going to keep playing these games. If only Chuck and Blair could be honest with each other, but obviously that's not how this works.
2: Yeah, it's a shame, but I you know, I guess they got to tease us a little bit longer with these two. They they are now the the couple of the show.
4: Oh yeah. So Nate, we're going to go back to Nate and the mystery woman. And at this point, Brendan is like, oh, I get it. She has a husband. <laughs> like, that's why they're sneaking around. And I'm not sure if they so, even figured it out at this point. Yet. Yeah, well, her even older husband has come home and now Nate has to sneak out. So He's going to jump out, th- out the window like in his underwear. Um, Some great parkour moves. I don't know how is he, able- he was able to like pretty much land on his feet there. And he just runs right into Serena's car, like does not get into the car. He runs like as the car's driving, like runs in front of it and almost gets run over by it. And Serena notices what's going on now. She sees that this... <laughs> he's running out of this old lady's house and she puts the pieces together much faster than brendan was able to it's just funny
2: at this point that she's in the car with this guy and some crazy kid just runs out in front of the car half naked <laughs> and this guy's probably just like i guess anybody's better than me at this point point. and he drives off into the sunset and that's all we hear from him
4: yeah yeah that I mean, never to be heard from again this guy
0: ruled him out immediately they you know she was nice enough to go I... to dinner with the guy still and then at that, at that point then it was over
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, He probably got scared off when he saw this random guy like running at them in his underwear. He's like, I cannot hang out with this crowd. I don't know what's (laughs) going on. So now, uh, Blair and Serena are, uh, you know, going through the going to the shops and stuff and blair opens up the scene saying damn that mother chucker a a classic line and blair confirms what everyone already knows that she does not even like james and blair just doesn't want chuck to know that he ruined her summer which i guess is fair i see i see why she's doing this um but it's all just so dumb and
2: and like charles was saying before it's just not like blair to be kind of floundering with a plan of what to do to get back at somebody
4: right Right, and uh Chuck and Nate are also having some bro time, and Chuck's back in his hat. And, uh, yeah, Blair, the hat is back. Blair is complaining about how boring James is because, like, that's what I've been thinking this whole time as well. So I'm glad that she's at least uh flagging that up now. Uh, Serena's date with the lifeguard didn't go well either. Apparently, she said so. This is what happened. She said that uh, you know, by the end of the date, she needed uh life saving or something like that. She needed her life to be saved rather than guarded or whatever. So yeah, another
2: bad job at improv by Serena here.
4: Yeah, not nothing. Nothing went well. here. Uh, a uh uh joke in an episode with surprisingly little jokes like there was I was not laughing out loud that that much in this Yeah,
2: uh... this really was not a very funny episode and but that was definitely not the uh, joke of the episode yet
4: Okay. So the, the two duos bump into each other and you know, on a small island like Long Island, this was bound to happen eventually. And Serena Serena just wants Nate to tell her why he's dating a middle-aged woman, which is, which is also fair. <laughs> it's like, who, Nate, who is this grandma that you are sneaking around with? What is happening? And Blair and Chuck are also going to argue. Chuck knows that James goes to Princeton, but Blair swears he goes to Georgetown. And for this to be the thing that this idiot slips up on, like, what is wrong? Like, he couldn't keep straight where he goes to school? Why is he telling Blair that he went the Princeton and then Chuck, as he's like, uh, 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 Georgetown, I don't know. I mean, like, what is
0: wrong with yeah, how hard is this to okay, do?" This, this, is gonna, this is gonna I'm going to out myself as, as, as stop here. But the one thing that <laughs> the, the, the reason Valera brings up that it has to be Georgetown is so, like rowing and eating clubs or something. And that's like the only thing about Princeton that I, that is true. Like Princeton has eating clubs and a really good rowing. <laughs> so both those two schools are the only two schools what? in the country that have eating clubs. So it makes Abstinence. No what sense goes on at an? At that an, she's like, oh, the one who's of course you went to Georgetown. There's an eating club. It's like, no, that's actually what Princeton. <laughs>
4: <did>. <laughs> well, now, now I just have more questions. What goes like on at an eating sorority, club? It's a
0: except not official. Uh, yeah, you know, similar, similar type thing, except co-ed. Okay. They used they to. Eat? I mean, they used to eat all their meals together. Like that's how it started. That you would literally go and eat meals, and then you know, hang out afterward. But now it's become more just like a social thing. So,
2: oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Good yeah. to know.
4: Okay, so good to know there. Um, Nate, Nate, Nate's like, don't worry, Serena. Old Lady Catherine broke it off with me. Hey, <laughs> we're Lady not Catherine. gonna be seeing each other anymore. And uh, now Chuck calls up Eric, and Eric confirms that James said he went to Princeton, <laughs> uh, which is interesting because at dinner it seemed like Eric was like on team Blair here and. Did not like want to talk to Chuck at all, but I guess he's still down to help Chuck out here whenever he calls. Chuck also calls him. <laughs> Chuck also says, uh, "Do some research, Junior." I love that he has a this cute Junior nickname for him. Now.
2: Yeah, the Eric and <laughs> Chuck duo is so good. Yeah,
4: I, you know, it like like with Jenny, it does not take much it, for Eric I, to get back on I your stay side. On this
2: friendship, that's all it's.
4: Oh, yeah. I love I yeah. We both love the the uh, Chuck and Eric dynamic. Yeah. It is very fun. Um, also, you know, just more about James, like I how he couldn't keep this straight and what like just keep the lie consistent you know it's uh it's a bit of a stretch here for 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 this conflict but oh well dan is dan's on the phone and dan has uh a, up until you know he's gonna head to the white party but he's been separate from everyone else in the episode so far and he and jenny are the only ones uh still in the city i guess they have not made their way to the hamptons just yet and rufus is not surprised that dan couldn't write a story because it took rufus himself 12 years to write one song so i guess i guess severe writer's block runs in the family much like their innate ability to pick up girls at art galleries and bookstores they also cannot like write when they need to
2: yeah i honestly didn't realize it would have been that long since he had written a song I, I, if i were dan and I, I would ask my dad i'd be like hey dad is everything all right
4: there <laughs> dad are you okay <laughs> you know, like you, get, you gotta get yourself together <laughs> No, when, when the when the Vanderwitsen women fuck with their hearts, they cannot do anything. The Humphrey men are the one and the same. They cannot do anything. Um, and Dan is now clearly regretting his decision to break things off with Serena, so he's going to, you know, decide to try to win her back. Uh, back to Eric, Chuck, and Nate. And his plan
3: is to literally just show up at oh, yeah. her grandmother's
0: beach yeah, house of course. with no invitation Not friends with anybody there and hope that she wants
4: to see him. And this should not work, but we will get into it. I don't know how it works, but um, before that... Eric, Chuck, and Nate are all hanging out. They are literally playing croquet right now, and this was just so funny to me. I, it's like a, They're, like, parodying rich people at this point. I cannot believe anyone actually yeah. plays croquet. This is a game that only rich people play for some yeah. reason. Like, As as a poor, I have obviously never played this before, but um, have either of you uh, ever you know, taken the old croquet mallets out for a spin?
2: As a fellow poor, I actually have. Um, I, I had a set for the backyard when I was growing up, and... We would set up uh, two of the rings on opposite ends of the backyard as goals and just play with the croquet mallets and the <laughs> croquet balls as if it was like a field hockey game. <laughs> oh,
4: there you go. Charles, when was the last time you were at the uh, croquet field? <laughs> I,
2: I, I've i
0: played it a couple times at other people's houses. I've never met somebody who was, you know, just hanging out playing croquet. Yeah, this uh, was very funny to
4: me. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, again, got a fl- – with the, with the outfit. I was just going to yeah. say, got to point it, it out, love Chuck's croquet outfit especially. He continues to kill it with the fashion this cool. week. He's got like high socks on. He's got like, it's so good. And um,
2: this feels like, like the fifth or sixth outfit by Chuck this episode.
4: Yeah, there were so many costume changes in this episode, yeah. And uh, um, so according to Detective Eric, not only did James not go to Georgetown, but he also didn't go to pr- Princeton. There's no record of him at any of the big schools. And this is actually um, my, not even a joke, because uh, there were no actual jokes in this episode, but this was my like line of the episode where Nate asks Eric, when did you become Sherlock Holmes? And Eric just looks at him, completely ignores him, and continues talking to Chuck. Like, I have no idea why Eric was so rude to Nate, but it was so funny. <laughs> He looked at it and was just like, Nate, shut the fuck up. This is me and Chuck time, bud. <laughs> Who invited you? <laughs> so uh,
2: After Nate got slammed, too, I could just see on his face that he was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing here.
4: Yeah, that's the
3: thing. I feel like Nate is being like, "Why the fuck do we care about <laughs> <Exactly>. this?" <laughs> Nate's so
4: dumb; he doesn't even know and what's going
3: Eric on. clearly cares, he's using it as a way to, you know, stay close to Chuck and bomb a Chuck. And it's just like Nate's like, "I've been through this so many times with Chuck. This is like, this is just absolutely absurd." Let me go back yeah. to my mature older woman <laughs> and, and, scandalous older woman. Yeah, Nate
4: here. just shows up uninvited and is like, "What are we doing, Sherlock Holmes? Here, what's happening?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chuck, Chuck calls his PI to figure it out, and. Also, uh, Serena's here now, and she she's still expected to be Nate's cover at the white party, which she's annoyed about because, you know, things are supposed to be broken off. But uh, I guess not exactly. So Blair, Blair and James are on their bikes. This looks like a cute little bike date that they were just on. And Blair's about to dump this loser, but she gets a message from Chuck that he'll be at the white party after all. And so she changes her mind in the moment and just says, all right, you know what? I, actually, I was just going to invite you to the white party. So... I mean, that's it. You know, the the wheels are in motion. Everyone's going to show up to the event of the week for the white party. That's, you know, everyone's got to show up so that, you know.
2: And I was a little confused about this plan, too, because I thought Chuck already knew that she was kind of over this guy.
4: Well, because Chuck was supposed to. Well, I feel
3: like she kind of already did. She already said, you're right, I don't even like this guy. She already told Chuck that. So the charade is kind of over. So
4: the plan was, Nate, Nate when they were in the street earlier Nate told uh, or Chuck is telling Nate that his plan he's like I'm heading back to the city there's nothing for me in the Hamptons here I don't want to be here and Nate's like oh you're gonna miss out on the white part he's like I don't want to go to the white part I want to go back so he's supposed to be gone. Then when, then Blair's talking to Serena and she says, now that Chuck's going back to the city, I can dump this loser and just go to the party stag. Um, but now Chuck texts her like, so Chuck finds out about this and so now Chuck is interested in going. Uh, okay. Yeah. Chuck texts Blair, Haha, I'm going now. And she's like, ah, now I have to bring this fucking loser with me. Um, so, uh, it's Dan's turn to get off the Jitney now, and he's gonna crash the party to win back Serena. So, we, we're finally made it. We're at the event of the week. It's white party time. Uh, we, we've talked about this already, but I've never been to a white party. Did not know why this existed, so I'm glad to have, at least, at the very least, I've learned something through this podcast, so, um... Jenny does in fact come with Eric and thanks him again for giving her another chance and Eric responds with so Jenny says thanks for giving me another chance and Eric says thanks for being worthy of it and I'm all for them being friends again but I still don't see what Jenny did to me Oh yeah what
3: has she done worthy of what has she done she has time to get we, <laughs> wait five minutes before giving your trust back Mike. Yeah, guys. like come
4: on thank you for being worthy of it I, I heard that you were thinking about how bad you felt about all that shit you did to me and <laughs> I said you are so worthy of
2: it. <laughs> yeah they probably just wanted to get the two of them back together again friendship wise
4: i mean yeah the problem is like the writers really didn't want to do any work for this episode they were also on summer break i feel like they were in summer mode they just they they just tell us that jenny is worthy of a second chance without showing us any proof of that and we're just like okay all right i guess she is so
2: and to the point of like writer laziness cc like this, the whole cc thing in general is so bizarre
4: oh my god Don, don't even get me don't even get me she started about a grandma cc we will so get <laughs> Yeah, we actually, actually, yeah. Let's get so. Yeah, Laurel sees Jenny at the party and is stunned. Jenny gets to give her a shit-eating grin real quick. And uh, wh- I guess before we get into the Dan and Cece stuff, why does this grown adult waste so much time and effort hast- hating a child intern? Why does she care about Jenny so much? It
2: is really none of her business what Jenny she- does with her free time.
4: Yeah, she should not be pissed off that Jenny shows up to the white party. Who cares? You're at the white party. It's Genevra, not Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. The moment we've all been waiting for, Dan knocks on the door and CeCe answers. Oh, oh boy, here we go. She tells Dan that Serena is at the party, but I mean, I guess she does, uh, she demonstrates her power move here. She's going to make him help her with her necklace. And, um,. Dan and CeCe, of all people, are going to have a random heart-to-heart, and what the fuck is going on here?
2: Wha- <laughs> yeah, this is how I'm feeling, I too.
4: I don't. I, think I-, I actually don't. I- Dan's going to call out the absurdity of this and like ask if he's at the right house, and CeCe just laughs it off, though. But again, we don't get any real explanation of anything that's happening here. The, the explanation we get from CeCe is... Exact quote she says, "Certain things are in remission, Mr. Humphrey, not the least of which is my former attitude. Going through something like I did changes you. You can see things differently, like how the keys to someone else's happiness are not necessarily the same ones as for your own." Um, did the writers forget that like according to what CC told Serena, she was lying about having cancer? This makes it seem this makes it seems like yeah. she had cancer, she beat it and is now a changed woman because of that. This doesn't make any sense to me and I also don't even like the okay, news. Awesome. I also don't even like the new CC. Like CC is such an effective villain. Why are we randomly getting this tame version of her out of nowhere for no reason?
2: Yeah, when I first heard the word remission and I was like I thought she faked yes. that and she laughed about faking it too. And yeah, you you're exactly right. She's supposed to be a completely different character. I don't know like, who decided to change all of this.
4: Whose idea was this? She, she comes back and she's like, I'm the new version of CC. I love everyone. I love Dan. She hated... This is the same woman. She murdered Dan the first time she saw him with that monologue she had to him. She ended his l- life. The, she hates the Humphreys. If, any, like, if she wants to turn over a new leaf and be friends with... I don't know. And let Serena date the hot lifeguard in the Camaro. That's one thing. But for Dan <laughs> Humphrey it. to show up and she's going to show him the invitation to the white party presented by vitamin water and is basically telling him, she, she, she says, like, go to her. Like, we need, she is rooting for this relationship all of a sudden. It makes absolutely no sense to me. She's supposed to hate Dan. She completely, like, and, like, so...
3: I, I, I hope like counter to that. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think they're just trying to add depth to this character. But right? you can't just I, add depth. Like, like,
4: like, the depth has to be, like, earned. You can't just have her come back and be like...
3: Well, the depth is she spent all summer with Serena, who's been fucking miserable, not dating anyone. She knows she's not dating Nate. So she's like, I know now that, you know, the, the devil The devil you know is might be better than the devil you don't, you don't know, you know? Yeah, true. But, like, but this
2: growth you're talking about happens off screen.
4: Yeah. I, I Yeah. Also, yeah. Be, yeah, we don't get like we don't see any of this happen. It comes out of nowhere. It's also a much more boring version of who was used to be, not used to be, I mean, who still will be, but who should otherwise be an iconic just villain character. This is very out of character for her, and also just the thing about her mention like implying that she beat cancer when she told Serena she was faking the cancer. That part, like, the, uh, the, that
3: part I didn't think about that. I forgot. It's like the yeah, writers just like forgot
4: the continuity of the yeah. show here. <laughs> like the moment is earned when we see it. I feel like, whereas this is just like very random. Like this doesn't like. Feel
2: it's sort of a place that it just creeps me out.
4: <laughs> yeah, this doesn't feel like an episode of Gossip. Like it's just
3: like yeah, it feels like the it feels like a completely different show. It feels, it feels like
4: it, a, the alternate it. universe of Gossip Girl. Like where it's similar characters, but they live in the Hamptons, and you know whatever. But it's
3: similar writers, but but they live in the Hamptons. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: um...
2: And also, why is she so interested in his and Serena's relations? Like, has she been thinking about this all summer long?
4: Yeah, she's just so she's just so invested in the relationship that she's literally like she's pulling a Dan Humphrey. She's stalking Dan and Serena and just
3: I'm just happy I'm just I'm just happy that you know they didn't hook
4: up. <laughs> I mean that that I mean leave that to Nate. Leave that to Nate. You get Nate in the same room as Cece. <laughs> 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 Who knows what's going to happen? So, uh, Blair and James... I mean, everybody's hooked
3: up with everyone this episode, so, I, I, you know, that's the only... It's the only turn, you know, yeah. they left on
4: Earth. So, uh, Blair and James are out near the pool, and James is trying to confess something to Blair, but Blair clearly only interested in pretending that he's funny so that she can make Chuck jealous. He's like, did I say something funny? Because I am famously boring, so this is even confusing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, anyone's... Yeah. Heard <laughs>
3: that. I, love, I love his level of self-awareness. He's like, how could this person think I'm he's funny? Like, I, like, I, I, I don't know how so
4: to good make good. people laugh. This is weird. It's <laughs> yeah. um, Je- Jenny is at the famous uh, vitamin water bar she-, she she asks for vitamin water and tells the bar fits, keep t- to keep them coming <laughs> only in the land of product placement where there <laughs> would there be a bar that just serves every flavor of vitamin water um so Laurel's gonna come over to interrogate her. Uh, she even check she like she's so obsessed with Jenny. She even checked the list to see that Jenny wasn't on it. And like, what did little Jay do to this woman? Oh, this she continues to say she's like, there must be some kind of mistake because Jenny, you're Jenny, sorry, Jenny, you're not the type of person who would know anyone here. So how could you even be a plus one? But then Eric comes over <laughs> and introduces Tinsley Mortimer to Jenny. And Laure- it's very funny because Laurel tries to shake her hand, but she just completely ignores her to talk to Jenny. So Jenny clearly wins this round as uh, Tinsley seems very interested in Jenny here. Brendan, do you know who Tinsley Mortimer is?
2: No, I have absolutely no idea.
4: I, I had a feeling you might not know who this is because I, I hardly know who this is. I've heard the name, and I know that I, I think she's one of uh, the the Real Housewives and uh, some kind of socialite type person. But I oh, okay, don't sure. know uh don't, don't really know what she gets into on a on a day to day basis. Here, Charles, do you have any uh, familiarity with uh, with Tinsley?
3: Yeah, I've watched Housewives. Oh, you have? so I, I know who she. Is. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Um, she's yeah she she was famous kind of before that for being a New York City socialite, right? which which like in new york city just means that you grew up wealthy and <laughs> are just kind of like a massive human being exactly exactly so, yeah that, that's kind of, yeah.
4: but yeah this is clearly a big win for jenny though so um good for jenny and good for eric for really like really facilitating this and making it happen like without without uh eric jenny is nothing in this episode
2: yeah good thing she made that
4: phone call to eric oh yeah, oh, yeah she did one phone call it changed her trajectory um james has uh finally finally caught on he's uh you know, just as slow as Brendan is here, he is somehow just now realizing that Blair has been using him this whole time, um, which is definitely hard to keep. And up I with. love, I love the line where he calls out Blair for hating the movie Charade because it hits too close to home. But he's the one that's been keeping up the charade by like keeping up his supposed fake American accent, even when even when having this intense conversation with Blair, he's like keeping the American accent on. Like, I, I, good for him for being able to do that. But um, and
2: this is one of the few great laughs here in this in this episode is when Blair just goes. No, not really. I never really liked you at all. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. I love the honesty. That was a very good line. One of the few times moments that made me laugh. <laughs> I, just
2: the delivery of that line is so good.
4: Yeah, I bet you never liked me at all. No, not really. I mean, you're kind of boring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is classic And then Blair James
4: here. tries to turn it around, and he's like, am I, or are you just too interested in yourself to get to know me? And if I'm Blair, I would have just yeah. doubled down here and been like, no, pretty sure you're fucking boring. <laughs> don't, don't turn this on me. You find me anyone that, <laughs> anyone that, that finds you, you like, yeah. that finds you sufferable. And uh I will take I will agree with you, but I think you're the problem here, bud. <laughs> and uh Chuck is also uh taking a page out of CC's book and just watching this entire conversation <laughs> take place. So and weak. Blair's gonna blame Chuck for you like she's like, You made me you made me use him to I like, try to get back at you which seems like misplaced anger here but so i mean these two are obviously perfect for each other but uh blair's just still going to refuse to see it right now with with good reason um but yeah they they kind of they're they're one and the same here like blair's going to try to blame chuck on this but obviously this is this is a, a her and james thing and chuck had chuck had nothing to do with them breaking up this time at least um and this is when paparazzi starts playing which uh the only thing i have to say about that is great song
2: yes this this is an all-timer what a sign of the times
4: you know, I famously um, have it as a top two Lady Gaga song.
2: Very famously, very famously. So this was number one then. Uh, speechless. Tape. Oh wow, great pick. Um, we'll definitely have to get to the rest of these at some point.
4: Yeah, when we do yeah. the Lady Gaga ranking podcast, we'll do that. I don't have a full list, of course, <laughs> but I I had a top five at some point. But you know, m- more on that, more on that in the season recap. <laughs> um, so uh, Nate is upset. That uh, his old lady is at the party with her. I guess that makes me sound like he, I'm talking about his mom, which is not what I'm trying to refer to. Um, the, the lady, the old lady that he's been hooking up with.
3: No, she's just in his mom's book club. <laughs> <actually> his
4: mom. <laughs> she's she's at the party with her husband, and Nate is upset about this, even though he knew she had a husband and that they would be going to this party together. I don't know why Nate gets so pissed off where he has to like just get wasted, like he where he has to get drunk to. Uh, like he knew what he was walking into. Like this is the reason he showed up to the party to spy on the husband, and now that he sees it, he's. Like, oh, I don't like this at all. Um, it,
2: this scene could have been a lot more fun if Dan and Serena got into more hijinks, instead of yeah. Big dumb baby and just brooding around like he always does. This, this definitely should have been punched up in a way that sort of fucked with the party a little bit more, <laughs>
4: yeah. Exactly, he just punches the husband in the face, <laughs> like, yeah. That would have been good. We know he's got a mean right hook, he could oh, have yeah. it
2: rivals Mike Tyson.
4: Nate, Nate just wants to mm-hmm. make her feel as badly as he feels, and Serena, of course uses this as an opportunity to make out with him. She's like, oh, you want to make him feel bad? Uh, perfect. I've got the idea. This is the only thing. Like, if there's no other thing that we could do right now. I will make out with you. This will answer all of our problems. And, of course, Dan is right there and sees it happening. And, again, Serena, there's no one to blame but herself here for this one. Like, Serena did not have to make out with Nate.
2: And this plot device is just so frustrating. They, they do this so fucking often with this the wrong place, wrong time thing.
4: <laughs> no, they they use it yeah, a lot. It's, it's,
3: so, it's, so, it's, so, it's so weak. From the writer's perspective. really. They is. use
4: it a lot. And, uh, you know, Serena and Dan obviously are going to argue about this. And Dan, you know, goes, Nate, huh? I guess even bad history repeats itself. And so, okay. Serena's going to try to defend herself. But even the explanation is bad. Because, yes, this is not what it looked like. She was not, you know, having an affair with Nate, like they're not in love with each other. But at the same time, Serena did just decide to make out with Nate. Like Serena is just constantly making the wrong decision. I know that her and Dan aren't dating right now. So obviously she can make out with whoever she wants. But her whole thing is like, I'm not over Dan. I want to get back with Dan. So now let me make out with Nate. Just because I like, I, there wasn't even really a good reason. So um, it, it only makes it harder because Serena can't explain what's going on. Like Dan's asking questions, and she's like, I was trying to make. I was trying to help Nate make someone jealous, but I can't tell you who, and I can't tell you why I can't tell you. Like, yeah,
3: I feel like they set up this entire Nate plotline just for this moment. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. They gave, they gave <laughs> Nate
4: an old lady to, to have sex with just so, just to <laughs> give Dan and Serena an argument. Um,
2: and it's just so crazy that this is still happening with Serena.
4: Yeah, and Dan and I (laughs) both can't believe that this is still happening. Dan's like, it's the same shit in a different city. Like, I come all the way to Long Island and we're still having the same argument about you, like, just not being able to be honest with me. But, now somehow, incredibly, Dan's two girlfriends are both at this party and here to confront Dan. Like, this is absurd. They both... Like, incredible enough, they both got invited to this party and also both made the trip out to Long Island and then both happened to run into Dan at the same... Like, how did this happen?
2: This is also another perfect chance for Vitamin Water to make another appearance being on Dance clothes. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, they were brainstorming ideas for an episode and Josh Schwartz said, I got it, guys. Vitamin Water. And they're like, what? And he's,
2: <laughs> I was thinking more that Vitamin Water was paying for the episode and he had to write around that. <laughs>
4: No, I like it better if Josh Schwartz just said vitamin water and worked from there. He's like, "I'll talk I'll talk to vitamin water." We'll get a bunch of flavors and we'll work from there. We'll just work backwards from vitamin water. I really like that idea, um, but yeah. So they, they both dump their vitamin water. Like no one's drinking at this party. They're all just drinking vitamin water. This is ridiculous. I, th-
2: I think it's a completely dry party. <laughs>
4: this is so weird. And Serena gets to watch it all play <laughs> out. The the scene ends with uh, Serena saying, "Let me guess. You can't explain." Which kind of makes it seem like Serena was in the right, but like <laughs> yeah, she like still she wasn't. Won. Like this was just a happy coincidence. Qu- like, like I guess they she made that bad decision that happened to work out <laughs> exactly
3: for her because Dan was
4: making yeah. Like bad I guess decisions. they're both. In the wrong, but Serena Serena does not deserve that smug look she has on her face. I mean, again,
3: when you talked about with the Blair and the Blair and Chuck stuff. Like, I think all, everything that happens in the episode is supposed to make you feel like these two are meant to be right, together.
4: Right? Yeah. So, um,
3: because they both are just making terrible decisions that like aren't purposely terrible, but are clearly just terrible and exactly. could be easily avoided. Yeah.
4: So uh lucky for Nate, Nate's plan worked. Catherine is uh, very jealous and makes out with him again. So uh love love a storybook ending. You know, a tear came to my eye with these with these two. <laughs>
3: yeah, Nate's actions are the only ones that make sense uh, Yeah, <laughs> He's like, Oh, I want to keep hooking up with this hot older woman. That's my entire goal. Sure. There's nothing more timid whatsoever. Ever Nate... <laughs> has all these convoluted plans. <laughs> exactly. Nate's just like, oh, I want to get me. Nate something. Nate had
4: <laughs> one clear goal from the beginning. He said, I, I yeah. don't know why this was his goal. He said, I want to make out with this middle-aged woman, and by all like I'm going to do it. And he, he does it. He gets a win there. So, uh, even though Serena's mad at Dan, she's still going to agree to clean uh, Dan's jacket, which I guess because it's actually her grandfather's jacket. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to complain because we get to see Dan in like a sleeveless tee here. So, hey, okay. Dan, those arms, yeah, it was a great look for him. Dan must also know that he's looking good right now because he's going to use this opportunity to try and get Serena back. He's like, I, listen, I'm not going to, there's not going to be another point at this party where I'm going to have, you know, jacket off, guns blazing. So I, I got to take advantage right now. and. Try but Serena's very concerned with. Yeah,
3: has Dan been working out? Oh, yeah. too? Like, I feel like I mean, he always had a good physique. He's like, you know, more like a soccer player fit, though. And he's looking kind of bulky. He's looking too. like a real beefcake. Yeah, he does. Definitely looking a little bit bulkier yeah, it's than, than season one.
4: Yeah. Looking great. Season two, Dan, already in an improvement over, uh, you know, someone that was already looking great in season one. So we, we love to see him continue to ascend to uh, peak hotness here. And, you know, Serena's still concerned with cleaning her grandfather's suit from the 70s. And so we get another instant of, uh a, like, a character here. This time it's Serena being like, you know, no, I'm not interested in... In getting back together right now, Dan saying essentially nothing, and then Serena just completely changing her mind. Like, I don't know, like the Vanderwoodsons <laughs> are are all changing their mind very quickly.
2: Yeah, and what happens here? Because I don't remember the conversation that led them to sort of getting back together.
4: I don't. I no. Neither do I. Because, and even in this scene, she's like, Dan, I, I don't want to talk about this right now. I let me just clean this jacket. And I don't think Dan says anything. I think Dan just like just I, yeah. I think Dan hand just hand 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 looks hand at hand her, hand and his eyes are like, Serena, come on, come man. on look at me, come on. And Serena, and they, and they, Look at yeah, they share a kiss, they, she shares a kiss with him and agrees to leave the party with him, and she is so giddy at this point now, where Dan's, Dan's like, you want to get out of here? And she's like, yes, I do, I do want to get out of here. Like, she changed her tune I And mean, be fair, so they quickly. set this
3: up all episode, right? Well, yeah, like she yeah, yeah. did nothing but pine over him all episode, and he did nothing but pine over her and try to distract himself with all these girls and blah, blah, blah. So, it's not, like, completely out of the blue, but... Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I like them together. No,
4: I mean, like, yeah. and I, I like them together, too, but, um, we...
3: Yeah, the, I would say, like, their physical chemistry of, a lot, like of the couples of Gossip Girls is, is the most prevalent, it, and, and that's because they did in real life. Yeah, that, too, yeah so.
4: that makes a lot of sense. And I, I just feel like we could have done something that I guess just made, like, a little more sense here that wasn't just, like, come back, like, get back together with me. No. Are you sure? Actually, okay, yes, I will. Like, we could
3: have said something a little bit more... Emphatic about you know why he's been missing her so much or or something that makes you want to yeah he should have been,
4: like been like I am concerned for your grandma because she's clearly <laughs> she, not she well is she likes rockers. me <laughs> <laughs> she, she, <laughs> yeah I think maybe that cancer's back <laughs> yeah something is going on with your grandma right now I mean, there's no reason she should be this happy for me right now um, so because yeah Cece sees this happen and she's just so happy for her great friend Dan Humphrey you know these two have been together you know through, from the beginning of the series she finally gets to see her good friend Dan uh, you know get the girl. So, <laughs> dear,
3: dear, dear. Friend. Now back to our another our uh,
4: our other favorite couple, Blair and James. And Blair tells James he was right, and Chuck gets a phone call from his PI at the same time. And so James tells Blair he also hasn't been honest with her. He tells Blair he didn't go to Princeton or Georgetown or any school. Um, he just he, you know he got crossed up. He couldn't keep his story straight for whatever reason. Um, he I guess he's just an idiot. He's all he's boring and he's also like very stupid that's, there's the only <laughs> two things I know about him
2: and he's lord.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, a lord yeah yes he says <laughs>
3: why don't you go to school that's my
0: question
4: <laughs> he says I'm <laughs> what is this assumption that like oh, I'm British the, the, and the, I'm a lord he
0: go to, the British people just he's a lord so of course he's not yeah, educated of course. Like, what is, I don't what go this... to school
4: I'm a lord you idiot <laughs> This, yeah, exactly. And this is when James just starts randomly talking in a bad British accent. Like, I looked it up to make sure, but I was like, this actor is American, because this is not a good British accent, but... <laughs> and he reveals that he's British and a lord. Like, why is this happening? This reveal is so... Like, I don't care that he's a lord. I Obviously, Blair does, but Blair, Blair all of a sudden is like, oh man, this guy's actually interesting, which I, I don't agree with. Just because he's a lord doesn't mean he's interesting, but... Chuck hangs up the phone, leaves dejected. James says he was lying because uh, usually people just date him for his title, and he wanted to see if someone would like him if they didn't know. And the funny part of this is Blair did not like him and completely and, se- and seemingly failed his test. Yeah, and then, tough, tough and, and now that she he knows the touch like, she's doing exactly what he was afraid of and I guess he doesn't care anymore. Like,
0: yeah, everything he said is happening. <laughs> it even more obvious that that's the <laughs> yeah, only reason he did
4: it. During this explanation, Blair should have been like, but I don't get it. If you're a British lord, then why is your accent so bad? Like, you're clearly American. <laughs> <laughs> and now Jane- and James is like, you know, when you said I was boring before, I I rather liked it. <laughs> and I, I guess yeah. I, I guess he has the same like kink as Nate. The
3: classic response yeah. to any, again. Like
0: anyone, any any person who gets adoration from from the, you know people romantically, they their their only goal in life is to be more boring at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yes.
4: in time. I think uh, I guess uh, James or, or Lord Marcus, as he's known as now, has the same kink as Nate, where he just loves when girls are mean to him. Like Vanessa cursed out Nate, and Nate was like, "Yeah, this girl." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, no one's ever told me that I was boring before, Mistress Blair.
2: Yeah, I like hell this was some sort of big reveal.
4: <laughs> as far as big reveals go, this was pretty uneventful. Like, I, I, me, pers- like maybe there are some huge lord heads out there where uh, they lord saw a big lord, lord reveal and they were like, yes, finally, there's a lord on this show. We did it. Blair is with a lord. lord, lord
0: my next lord, date, Spirit. honestly, I'm gonna try this. Gonna, the, yeah. the date's not going well, Please. at the end of the date, I'm gonna be you actually didn't know I was trying to be boring I'm actually a lord
4: <laughs> yes you let us know how this goes you tell me when you do this yeah, and will we will have, have an emergency podcast and you'll come back
0: and- yeah I'll come back I'll come back on for the next episode to <laughs> exactly. let you know how it goes
4: so uh...
2: it would have been good if he just goes I'm actually a lord lord Farquhar. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think I think Blair would have sent him on his way.
2: Getting, getting. That was the,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I meant the other reference.
4: thing. I meant an actual Lord. Sorry, that was I, I didn't mean that.
0: I think what's I mean I completely agree with hundred percent with your takes, but I think what they're trying to say is that like Blair would care about right. no, yeah, that, yeah even yeah, of though the viewer doesn't, right? Yeah. Like, which kind of makes sense, right? Like Blair does care about that kind of stuff.
4: Yes, obviously.
2: I am actually a huge Lordhead, <laughs>
4: but yeah. But, so this is the reason they they use to like warrant. Her keeping this guy around and like keeping him on the show, but I don't want this guy on the show because he is still boring. (laughs) Like so, (laughs) Um, but uh, Jenny and Laurel have their standoff here, and apparently, like this was confusing to me. Apparently, Tinsley Mortimer offered Jenny an internship, and Jenny turned it down to continue working with this asshole. Like this seems like a bad move from (laughs) Jenny. Like Jenny,
3: miserable,
0: getting no recognition for her job. She's like, you know, this this great person I really respect wants me to work for them.
2: Good, and she's like, (laughs) that that seems like a huge whiff from Jenny. What an immense opportunity that would be, and she totally skipped out on that.
4: Yeah, it's like like even like if this works out, the best thing is like you work this, you know, not that great internship, but at least you have like the smallest amount of respect. Whereas she could have actually been working with like this wealthy socialite, like you know, I'm sure it would have been a better gig. Yeah, someone that specifically requested her and likes her designs and now but now Laurel is like oh okay Jenny you proved yourself so I will be nice to you now and I will also call you by your name and even Eric says you think this will stick and Jenny's like oh probably not but she knows my name now so you turned down this internship just so Laurel would know your name? Like who is Laurel? Exactly! Who Who cares about Laurel?
2: Yeah not the best move here but she is young I guess.
4: (laughs) Yeah like I mean bad Bad move by Jenny, or good for her for getting the offer here and like winning this round against Laurel. and I guess getting some respect from her. But I think she misplayed her hand here. Um,
3: yeah, so I respect I respect the move. I think it's a
4: terrible, yeah, game. absolutely. um Chuck is going to confront Blair now and. We are we are finally finally at this moment where first of all Chuck's hair looking good here by the way but also yeah, not bad on hair Chuck is finally going to actually try and explain himself and te- tell Blair what happened. Uh, you know he was scared that if he spent too much time with Blair that she would you know eventually see the real him and like not like what she saw. So um, Brendan, I, are are you buying this uh, explanation here?
2: I don't know if I totally believe this. I think it's a little bit of bullshit. I mean you see the way he's been acting that is like typical Chuck, but I, I think internally he's just never felt this way about anyone before, and he doesn't know whether it's love or not because he doesn't know what that feeling is quite yet you know so i think he's still trying to figure that out but he knows he has feelings for her but he doesn't know what it all means to him
4: and he could have he could have won her back here i think this is the real reason why
3: chuck didn't say it the first time i i I do you know i I don't think chuck's ever been in a relationship i think that's pretty clear right so like the prospect of him then having to be himself and not put on these all these charades that he normally does uh Uh, everything else like I think is probably scary to him but his actions after this speech make no fucking sense that's true but
4: I I actually like this a lot better as the reason so as then the reason we got at the end of season one so I will believe Chuck here that this was the reason because we leave off season one where Chuck is supposed to meet Blair at uh, his helicopter or whatever on vacation with her and then Bart comes up to him and is like hello son I'm very proud of you for uh, finally settling down and finding a woman no more sleeping around for you and Chuck is like no but i i want to sleep around i can't do it and then he like goes to literally the first girl he sees and is like hello i'm chuck bass so i mean i thought that was a very very stupid reason to just randomly break it off so this reason at least makes more sense wish we could have seen a little bit of that in the season 1 finale to actually make that little epilogue make sense but uh glad we're getting it here and i really love this scene too don't like how chuck is not able to uh you know just just handle it and like, actually, say how he feels to Blair in the moment, but this Again. you get these two together, and it is just, uh, it is, it is magic. Like, so Chuck pretty much begs Blair to not leave with the Lord James, uh, and he's finally having a real moment with her here. Uh, probably should have come a lot sooner, but I guess, you know. Finally happening, and Blair responds with "Why? Give me a reason, and I'm Chuck Bass." Doesn't count. Good for
2: player for knowing. <laughs> yes, that was without a doubt coming. Uh,
4: his his catchphrase that his yeah, is. His go-to move. He was like, Shh. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter it's like, with Expelliarmus. <laughs> <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Chuck's laughs> like, Chuck move. was like, "Shit!" Back back to the drawing board. Uh, and it, like I was saying, in, in an episode which I have so many problems with it, this scene here is actually pretty iconic. um the, Like I, I think yeah. a lot of people like if you. Uh, You know, people that are the big Blair Chuck shippers out here, I think a lot of people will go back to this scene as, like, a big one in their story. Um, And, you know, she says, give me one reason. He says, because you don't want to. Not good enough. Because I don't want you to. That's not enough. And he says, what else is there? And here we go. The first time... Blair says this iconic line. She says three words, eight letters. Say it, and Ooh, I'm yours. And chill. I literally got chills. You know, I, I didn't cry, but I was certainly getting emotional. Uh, Charles, I know you're a big, you know, Gossip Girl fan, so you were obviously familiar with this line. How, how'd you feel watching this scene back?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it always hits.
4: It really it does. It always
3: hits. There's something about. It's just really good writing. There's just something about. So, so simple about it. It's so characters. elegant. It makes so much sense. It's so simple, and it makes so much sense that that's what Blair would want and need for uh, that kind of validation um on everything we know about blair and it's infuriating that chuck can't say it because of all the reasons that we've talked about all episode right um but it also does make sense um not only for the plot but also for for
4: chuck mm-hmm. three words eight I, letters I didn't, say I, I wasn't and i'm Brandon, i'm just gonna keep talking over you <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> all right yeah you're gone
2: i was trying to figure out the letter combination here and i was like i don't know is it what is it could it be
4: I okay. Before you say that, I was I was literally just gonna say, Brendan. I know that you are the resident dumb person of the podcast. So, did you understand what Blair wanted when she said three words, eight letters, or were you just like, mo?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, st- I paused the episode. I was going through the list of things that it could have been. Do
3: you want to marry me? <laughs> Couldn't land it. No, that's too many words. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I, I was counting my head. Like, how many letters is I'm Chuck Bass? <laughs> Fuck.
4: I just I just thought of a very funny alternate ending to the scene where, like, Chuck also didn't know what Blair meant when she was when she saying that and said, like, something completely incorrect. Like,
3: <laughs> He's just like, I, I, I got nothing. I like... Three, three words,
4: eight letters, say it, and I'm yours. Fuck me, eh? a. <laughs> Correct. You nailed it. Um, yeah. It seems like Chuck is, like, trying, but he can't get it out. He's like, I... I and uh
2: he almost wants to say it but he just he yeah. just can't get himself to do it.
4: Really really edging the I love you here. So Blair 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 gave him the chance and he he blew it. So but this scene still just so fucking good. But put Blair and Chuck in a scene together and it's going to be gold and this one is no different. So um that that was the uh, the big emotional like climax of the episode. But we still have one more scene where, well, kind of like a montage where Nate Nate gets a letter from the old lady. She oh, well, wants I'll to see. meet up with him in a hotel room or something, and he smiles. He's like, "Man, I did it." <laughs> I love that
3: you refuse to call about anything but the old lady
4: old lady catherine <laughs> and, and yeah yours truly old lady catherine um, then we also see dan and serena on the beach chuck's getting drunk at the bar poor guy I, was this this was actual alcohol right this was not just a vitamin water that he was drinking <laughs> <laughs> and Dan is now writing his story. No, yeah, it
2: was a it was a vitamin on the rocks.
4: <laughs> Dan is writing his story now. I guess even though it's a little too late for that. Like I, I like that's I think that's what they were implying. He was just writing this. Of course, the
3: second he exactly, yeah. To Serena, the, the words are flowing about exactly.
4: Serena. And Dan and Serena look it- lovingly into each other's eyes and watch fireworks going off. Why are fireworks going off? Fuck fireworks! I guess it's Labor Day or something. So I guess that's why they're going. Labor off, Day but, yeah. Weekend, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is an anti-firework podcast. So I I wasn't happy to see that, but. Uh, you know, and
2: speaking <laughs> about our stance on fire in general, I'm so glad you're back here and done with your high school musical podcast project. Um, you can finally be back on a podcast that has the correct feelings about fire in general. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah exactly. I was, you know, every time I, I would wake up, you know, in a terror, I'd have nightmares about having to <laughs> having to go on a pro firework podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so wow. It really didn't take long at all for Dan and Serena to get back together. They break up season one finale, season two premiere. Here they are back on the beach together. So that's the episode. I guess uh, some predictions here, Brendan. How long do uh, do uh, Dan and Serena... Like, do, do you think this is going to stick? Do Dan and Serena stick together here? I guess we'll start off with... Since- My guess
2: is that they'll probably be done by the end of next episode knowing this series and how they like to tear the two of them back apart so they can get back together and back and forth so on until the end of the series where they ultimately get together listen they know what the fans want
4: we want dan and serena together baby um yeah um how how long do you think uh lord marcus sticks
2: around uh lord marcus probably sticks around for maybe a couple more episodes i don't know but either way probably too long
4: okay and so do you think blair and chuck Are finally going to get back together at some point here?
2: No, I mean similar to Dan and Serena, they're going to keep doing the will they won't they sort of thing with them. Um, Although it does seem like they're starting to make their storyline a little little bit more interesting. They must be feeling from the fans that a lot of people are shipping this mm-hmm. couple at this point in the series and at this time in, in history.
4: All right. And are there any other characters we can make predictions for? Uh, will Will Rufus ever come home? Where the fuck has Lily been? Like,
2: Yeah, Rufus is going to stay on tour. I think he's loving being on a tour Ooh. and he's going to stay oh, out there okay. and become a, a, a huge famous band like, like you two. Oh,
4: what? That's your go-to for like mega famous band?
2: Yeah, they're, they're the, the most famous band of all time.
4: Everyone <laughs> Everyone wakes up and they, and they look at their uh, iPhone and they're like, why did a random Lincoln Hawk album just download onto my iTunes library? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, then we could just Throw our phones out like season one, Serena.
4: <laughs> All right. That's the episode. Let's get into some segments here. Obviously, we'll start off with my favorite one, user review of the week. This one's a 10 out of 10. So I guess this, this uh, Taylor Kingston disagreed with me, titled the review, The One in the Hamptons. And they said, I really love this episode. I think it's better than the series premiere. It's funny. It's full of drama, which you would expect nothing else from this show. I love that it takes place in the Hamptons, which just seems like a really cool place to spend your summer. In this episode, summer is coming to an end, but everyone is still living it up in the Hamptons. Blair comes home with Chuck waiting for her, only to have a boy on her arm, which is just a game to make Chuck jealous. And we all know it. However, her new guy is hiding a secret. He's not as dull and blo- boring as Blair thought. He's actually a duke. I think he's a lord. I don't know if those are the same thing, but I, maybe they are. Uh, yes, a duke. Serena is still struggling to get over her breakup with Dan for some reason, so she hooks up with a lifeguard. Nate is in a relationship, in quotes, with a married woman. Dan remained in New York working for a magazine editor, and Jenny is working for a fashion company. Overall, I give the, this episode a 10 out of 10, which in my ratings book is freaking redonkulous.
2: There's only one thing I could say about this review, is that uh, Taylor... Delete your account. (laughs) Tough, but fair. Tough, but fair.
4: (laughs) All right. Next week, the episode title is Never Been marcus So I guess we have a big Marcus episode. Do you have any uh, predictions based on that title, Brendan?
2: Um, If anyone's probably my good old pen pal, Marcus Charles, is on that episode.
4: (laughs) And Marcus, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the pod.
2: For fans that don't know, uh, Marcus Charles was a pen pal that we had in uh, fifth grade across elementary schools. And he famously sent me his unfinished social studies homework to do for him.
4: Oh, I remember this.
1: <laughs>
3: that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's really funny.
4: That was a very funny moment in our fifth grade class. Uh, now I didn't think we'd be getting a Marcus Charles shout out, nor did I would I have known who that was before, you know, two minutes ago. All right. So the uh, little preview on HBO Max said Nate learns the downside of an affair with an older woman.
2: Ooh, I think Nate's getting a whopping
4: So hopefully, o- even older husband uh, beats in the sh- beats the shit out of him. <laughs> all right, let's get into some episode grades. Um, I I go first on the odd numbers, right? So this would be me. Um, yeah, odds and evens, I guess. I I'll- <laughs> all right. I will I will go first. You know, it's been a little while, so I had to think for a second. Um, all right. The thing with Gossip Girl is, uh, besides season one, obviously, which starts off with a bang, I think Gossip Girl has a problem with starting seasons off. Like, it usually takes a while for them to get things going, and, like, this is no different here. We we are starting the season with a bunch of new characters who I don't give a shit about and a bunch of storylines that I don't give a shit about. Pretty much nothing happens. It's all, it's all really just set up for future episodes here. There are no laughs in the entire episode. There's honestly nothing in the episode that even makes sense. People are not acting true to character. Conflicts are just arising and resolving seemingly out of nowhere. If you told me this was, like, someone's random Gossip Girl fan Fiction, I would believe you, but I would still say, but what was that thing with like CC liking Dan for some reason? Like that would never happen even in a fan fiction. So I, I think I'm willing to say that uh, this is the worst episode we've seen so far. So uh, thank God, thank God, it has that Blair and Chuck scene at the end because it is the only thing this episode has going for it. And I will not say anything bad about that scene. It, it's it's actually pretty perfect in an otherwise unremarkable episode. So not not sure how far this grade would fall without that scene, but even with the scene, I am giving this episode a D plus.
2: Wow. D plus.
4: So harsh. I mean, bad start, but I, I before this uh rewatch here, I have I had said that season two is my favorite season, so we should be uh getting some really good things. Uh you know, still very a lot of good things that, I, I'm trying to not scare you off from continuing to watch Brendan. I just I just think <laughs> it's Gossip podcast, podcast season.
3: that's it, season. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> Gossip Girl just tends to uh, you know, start a little slow in the season, but it picks up quickly and I think this season especially is uh still a lot of fun stuff to come. So don't don't worry, Brendan. But um Brendan, you wanna go next year and give uh, give your episode grid?
2: Yeah, so I I mean I was sort of with you for majority of that. I might not go as harsh as you, but like you said, I mean there's not a lot of laughs and I'm I'm mostly here for the laughs and uh all these characters that had been introduced to us just kind of sucked and uh they were all unearned and we don't care about these people because we don't know them well enough to to give them the time of day um and and if nate's storyline is the most interesting then you gotta have a feeling it's gonna be a relatively bad episode as far as gossip girl standards go so and also just like slightly unrelatable nate sleeping with this this woman 20 years older than him i'm gonna go ahead and give this guy a c minus
4: i mean who among us hasn't who among us hasn't, you know, had sex yeah, with someone yeah. twenty years older than us while we were in high school? So it's very relatable stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, I haven't done it yet, but I think I want to go back to school and <laughs> go back to high school. try it out again. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do sort of like a Billy Medicine situation, <laughs> and just trying to try and buy like, my teacher though. While I'm there. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure how low to go on this one because I I, I definitely did, liked it like less than any episode I've seen before, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how low the floor was because I, I hadn't like C minus to me in college is like sort of the the baseline as far as low as you can get without failing so uh,
4: yeah i think of an fs failing but i'm also thinking of this in like terms of just like gossip girl episodes so like you know uh
2: right yeah so like the standards of this show itself
4: yeah yeah exactly
2: and that kind of makes me want to bump it down a little bit but
4: listen and, don't uh, you bump know, it I, down I'll, don't I'll don't bump here. it down to impress me but if you okay see my minus all right and uh tr-
2: it wasn't bad it just wasn't all that engaging yeah.
4: And it wasn't, yeah. And there just wasn't enough like, uh, like laughs or like zany plotlines to like make up for it. But um, Charles, where do you fall on this uh, on this episode? Sorry to be so down on the episode you came on to guess for. No, so.
3: <laughs> no I think that's good. I mean, I, 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 you know, I had a blast watching it, and then kind of putting myself back into the Gossip Girl world, and you know, revisit our our, our our favorite and least favorite characters <laughs> who are all the same people. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not the best episode. I, I You know, I do think there's some more memorable moments for me, especially that scene that you guys have been talking about, but just also just their general kind of actions this episode. Be- maybe because it's so out of character and weirdly and badly written, <laughs> it, it is pretty a memorable episode to me versus a lot of like the plots in New York, uh, you know, where they kind of rehash a lot of the same actions and... You know, Blair's trying to plot, and this happens, this happens, but, you know, kind of blend together more for me. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I think the memorability of, like, the different setting and everything like that bumps it up a little bit for me. That being said, I agree with you 100% that it's really badly written. It seems like a different writing. They forgot a lot of, of the facts and plot lines of what happened the season before, and the character development all makes no sense. Um, so I, I'd probably have it more like a C plus. All
1: right. Okay, um,
3: and, and give it, like, an A- minus for memorability and, like, a D for continuity well written humor and all these other things
4: yeah and yeah you know, we didn't really mention this a lot but it does have the whole hamptons aspect going for it and i think if um if you take out the last Blair and Chuck scene and you take out the fact that this episode takes place in the Hamptons, like, it's pretty unmemorable. Like, no one would remember this was an episode yeah. of Gossip Girl. So, I, it does... The, the setting is great Yeah, too. the setting definitely does have a lot going for it. Um. So, let's get into some MVPs and LVPs. I will go first again. Uh. For MVP, I think it has to be Eric. Like, he quietly had a really good episode. I, I still don't know uh, why he so easily forgave Jenny, but I'm glad he did, because I do love these two as friends. So, um, it's probably just because he's a super nice guy and, and can Stay mad at someone, which is another point in his favor. So, I, I mean, if you just go look o- over his stats in this episode, he gets Jenny her invite to the white party. He's also the one who introduces her to Tinsley Mortimer. Uh, Jenny. Does not get to win this battle with Laurel if not for Eric. And then if that's not enough, also, Eric also turns into a detective randomly, is able to find some information about uh, Lord Marcus James. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also responsible for my biggest laugh of the episode, just ignoring Nate. So, I congratulations to Eric. You get my first MVP of season two. Oh yeah, well deserving. Brendan, who you got?
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you go first every time because
4: uh, you know I don't go first every time.
2: You know, up, up for debate, but um, yeah, it, it helps me kind of settle my thought process here because i wasn't sure exactly who i was going to give it to going in um and plus i don't even know who all the characters are and i don't know any of their names so it works out really well for me
4: (laughs) i don't even know these character names man you gotta help me out
2: um we're gonna be hand-holding buddies here i gotta give this one to eric as well he i I just love whenever he does show up on screen he's he's not always there every episode so when he is he always comes in with a bang Uh, i just i love his and chuck's relationship uh, him him being friends with Jenny again is great and just uh, his little his funny ignoring of, of Nate in that season just cracked me up in, a, in an episode so light of comedy so Eric you, you get mine too
4: yeah and you know to Charles' point like from all the way in the top of the episode he, he mentioned that all like all the main characters are like unlikable in one way or another so that when like when you see the supporting character like a supporting character that you like come on and it's just like they're like just an otherwise nice person like you're like, oh yes, this person is here. Finally like a nice person in the in the sea of horrible monsters. Uh Charles, who who is who's getting your MVP for this episode?
3: starting between a few options. My I was just you know one option I was thinking about is Catherine's husband. Uh, <laughs> I always root for a cuck, you know, and the guy yes, the guy it's got very the cuck. Show. It's tough, you know. Very good, very good. And he's also a His his inability to satisfy his wife is a big driver <laughs> for what we all agree is the is the best plot line of this episode, right? It's I mean, true. The Nate it's plot very line. True. It's certainly not. It's certainly not Nate's charisma that makes that plot line good. It's the fact that you know he, he's he's not able to satisfy his wife, and she's acting this way. So I was going to go there, and then. I was thinking about Rufus, too, because we talked about, on you know, up front, like, Rufus is best in small doses Mm -hmm. when he's really just being a good father. Um, So, I think, just given that, you know, Rufus is a real character on the show, I'll I'll go with Rufus. (laughs) All
4: right, fair enough. Yeah, you know, he was only in two scenes, but he did make them count, so, uh, just... uh...
3: And he drove a lot of the plot, too, like, both his speeches got both his kids to get on the Jitney and go to the Hampton's White Party and see what happens.
4: Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a good point. Um, for my LVP, I actually wanted to give it to old lady Catherine for, like, cheating on her husband and fucking a child, pretty much, but uh, Laurel is just so mean to my girl Jenny for absolutely no reason. And it's not like she's even funny... Mean or redeeming at all? Like, not only is she an unlikable villain who was rude to her teenage in- intern, but she also doesn't even like properly defeat her. Like, she she didn't come out on top. She's not redeemable. She's she's not like funny bitchy. She's just mean. And Jenny comes out on top, and Laurel's completely embarrassed at her party. So I, I think she's the LVP here. I'm giving it giving it to Laurel. brendan what about you?
2: My LVP has to go to Cece here. She is just so bizarre <laughs> in this entire episode. Um. And it's just like, it's just not the character that we were introduced to last season. And I just don't, I don't like the way she acts. It's just a, what a, what a strange weird. You didn't like act. seeing
4: her stare at, at Dan and Serena?
2: I just didn't enjoy her being on the screen this episode.
4: Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Uh, Charles, who do you got for the LVP?
3: I'm going to go with Chuck, I think. I, okay. That's I just think that's fair, Chuck yeah. has a lot of good, it's more just like you expect more. Chuck is, you know, has some great moments on the show. His fashion this episode kind of saves him, and I was thinking about not picking him because of the croquet outfit and the hat. <laughs> um, and the hair, honestly, looks pretty good, too, so all those reasons, but his performance here is just so weak. It is just, it's like he's done nothing all summer, but, you know, he does nothing to help himself all summer, never try to reach out to Blair, pines over her all episode, and then, like, calls his P.I. to find, like, he puts all his effort to, like, to, you know, Get rid of this guy and, and make her feel bad about dating this guy and see through her, obviously, you know, transparent plan to get make him jealous. And then he has an opportunity to get her still, despite all his terrible yeah. behavior and actions, especially this episode of being lame as hell. And he still can't say what she's looking to say. like Maybe he really just doesn't. To Matt's point earlier, maybe he just does not know what three words she's looking for is. <laughs> that's why he freezes. Like he, he we saw him you,
4: but... live in the moment trying to figure out what it was. He was just going, yeah, I, that's why he freezes. I... And at
3: that point, it's such an awkward silence that, it, it, you know, there's nothing you can do, but kind of move on. So.
4: Yeah. I mean, Chuck definitely is, definitely is one of the losers of the episode. So another, another valid LVP here. So, all right, we all had a different LVP, so that that is exciting. Um, so let's get into some Lonely Boys Theater, and for this one, it is gonna be a little interesting because uh, the IMDb quote section did have no no scenes with three people, so we had to go to the transcript, and the transcript looks like it's gone uh, through a Google Translate a couple times, so this will uh, not <laughs> be the exact quotes in the episode. This will be uh, paraphrasing as Brendan famously loves to do. So, uh, let's just see what we can make of it, I will pull it up. I have it pulled up. Um, The three characters in this scene are uh, Serena, Blair, and Chuck, and I am usually Blair when we do these, so I guess I could be Blair again. Brendan, you're usually Serena, and Charles, your name is Chuck, so maybe Chuck does seem like a good fit for you.
3: Just to clarify, Chuck uh, Bass not based on my life, despite the, despite yeah. <laughs> the obvious similarities. It's not based on my life. Yeah. Do you have uh,
4: any objections to portraying Chuck in this scene?
3: No, I have no objections.
4: All right, so we'll start it off with Blair and Serena here. Uh, do you guys have Do you guys have your scripts out in front of you?
3: Uh, you know, this script is far from a script. You know, these are nowhere. These are the right words. For the episode, <laughs> yeah. but it's certainly <laughs> enough of a set it, setting setter yeah. that I can work off of this. All uh, right, so let's uh, let's
4: let's see what we can do here. I'll start it off. So that so that way you've done nothing all summer. Please do not tell me you spent your time doing crossword puzzles and you go in front of junk. No, I did some.
2: <laughs>
4: and what's all these rumors about you and Nate?
2: This is pure disinformation, but it allowed me to make my small depression in peace. Of Nate I was free to do what he wanted and work it worked f- for both.
4: <laughs> You're telling me that you do not find a single guy with whom to have fun. <laughs> It's a good
2: grammar. But I I'm Ridge Dredge by a lifeguard enough, <laughs> but I remember... This already. is ridiculous.
4: What? You a crazy butt. The lifeguards were invented for that. You use the, the lifeguards were invented for that. You use them, then you throw them. You cannot ask for more to rebound.
2: Yes, but I think he is ready yet. Dan, I still miss a little, then a little more. Enormous. No. Dan, I still miss a little, then a little more. Enormous. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the only thing that no longer go out with Dan Humphrey is to regret not to go out with him. And if you stay <laughs> prostate your chair, it's because this year, you do not have your little flirtation summer.
3: Yes, the triplets are divided, but I must admit that the Brazilian, there's no better way to make progress in a language. A more
4: <laughs> Honestly, this guy James is the classiest I've ever rencontre. I swear. He does not drink as wines, he speaks six languages, and then he offered me a sublime necklace with a gold B on the clasp.
2: I thought it came from your father. Who is James? Oh, of course, I'm stupid. You have one of those chances. The last time we had spoken, we had not. Met, you had not even met. I think
4: that's crazy. They are so attractive that I scramble to the second. Besides everything he says,
3: you're fucking lying.
4: <laughs> not at all.
3: When you lie, your eyes say the opposite of your mouth.
4: <laughs> I did not know robots could be jealous. Someone humanized your software.
3: Excellent. We both know that you're using this guy to try to hurt me, as I have done.
4: You did not hurt. Well, okay. I admit that the first days I spent waiting for you in Tuscany were slightly humiliating, but when I realized that you were not coming, I was fortunately regained the lead, and I got a buddy.
3: Well, the menial service, you mean the employee of my father? <laughs> in fact, I did it back just for you.
4: <laughs> I owe him everything anyway. It was he who introduced me to James. I think it's the right number. Prove it. i not show you anything, but if you want to learn more about James, he will be with us tonight. I bet he'll like as much as me.
3: <laughs> if by that you mean it does not please me at all, then you're right to see you this evening.
4: Wow, what a scene! <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know how we got time. through that. That was—I <laughs> I don't know how these this transcript got made. Like that was even—that <laughs> was even wackier than it usually is for these transcripts.
3: Le <laughs> Yes, I. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Google Translate gets lazy sometimes and just <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we got through that. Uh, Let's do some plugs, Charles.
2: I'm glad we have confirmed uh, how large Dan is. He's (laughs) normally enormous. (laughs) enormous. I can stand a little, a little
4: more enormous. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Charles, once again, thank you for coming on, for being the first guest of season two, for being our first male guest in Lonely Boys history. Um, Do you have anything to plug at this hour? (laughs)
3: Uh, absolutely not i would say other than watch watch the oc watch gossip girl keep listening to the podcast these you know these guys are the absolute best love it to do a podcast with so thanks again for having me on guys
4: oh of course charles you famously follow like two thousand people on twitter do you want anyone to to follow you Uh, on twitter
3: it's not even worth it you know if, if you want you can if you really want to you can probably find me through you know matt's account uh but otherwise, you probably.
4: probably don't want to follow me. All right. I will uh I will plug again Sex lives of College Girls and I will yeah, continue yeah,
3: yeah, to do so yes. until
0: the watch time. I didn't know, that, I didn't know it, we can plug outside projects. Absolutely. So oh, Sex Lives of College Girls <laughs> yes. is the
2: absolute best.
4: Yes, Brendan, have you watched it yet?
2: No, I have not, but I've been uh doing a rewatch with Nicole of Uber uh, Nine Nine we're on about the Oh, season.
4: okay. Oh, all right. Um, very funny show. Um also the day that this episode is released will, I believe, will be the day that season two of Dollface is released, so that's an also another good show. But as far as me personally, uh check out again my high school musical podcast that I did with uh future friend of the podcast, Matt Ligori. You can find that over on the choir room feed. Uh at the time of this recording, all three movie recaps have been released, and by the time this is released all three movie recaps and the overall song ranking will have been released. So plenty of content to listen to. Uh, we had a lot of fun there and, uh, you know, the, the reviews have been positive so far, so it must be pretty good. Um, also follow me on Twitter at MaddieFresh24. Follow Brendan at RuppyPuppy. Follow his other podcast, The Hoppy Boys, at The Hoppy Boys Pod. Uh, Brendan, anything else you got to plug? Um,
2: yeah, I would also like to plug uh, Gagan's podcast project, The High School Musical Pod. Oh, with, what a uh, what a twist! I <laughs> am up to date at this point, and I've been loving every minute of it. I, I haven't even seen maybe I've seen the second movie, but I don't think I've seen the second or third movie. And I listened through anyway, just lo- loving their recap. But it, it was just so great, and I. Feel like I had even watched the movies that I hadn't wow. seen just because of how good of a, yeah, how good of a job that they've done at recapping it. It just it felt like I was watching it, and it was it was great to, to hear the two of them go back and forth. So great work. Uh, otherwise, uh, on the Happy Boys, well, we've had uh, some great guests recently. Um, at this point, we're going to be doing our annual mall of Madness coming up in March. Um, we just recently had huge guests for us, Mike on So please listen to that and listen to us probably embarrass ourselves, but it was a big guest for us. So that was, that was really cool to do and follow us at uh, Lonely boys pod on Instagram and happy boys pod respectively. And email us at happy boys pod at gmail.com for any questions or concerns you have about either show and read and review us both on uh, Apple Podcasts and whatever else you guys use.
4: All right. So check out all of that. Follow us on Twitter, Charles. Thank you once again. And, uh, you know for the listeners out there just come back the only the only homework i have for you is to just listen to this episode and we're almost done so you've almost you've already done that pretty much and just come back again next week to listen to the next episode we'll be breaking down season two episode two never been marcus but until then you know you love us xoxo lonely boys coming this march wherever podcasts are heard.
2: Brian? I think there's too many beers. Brian? I think there's too many beers.
1: Brian! There's too many beers!
3: No. There's not enough. Two boys
2: decide the winner biggest beer tournament in all of podcasting, the fate of the Golden Style is in the hands of our beloved Hobby Boys,
3: 32 beers, 4 regions,
2: 1 champion, the Hobby Boys present, Malt Madness, 2022.